It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and unfortunately, yesterday morning, we were all hit with the news that we had lost the other remaining living half of the world's greatest tag team, the greatest tag team to ever roam this planet, the greatest tag team to ever roam the universe, in my book, the other half of the Road Warriors, a.k.a. the Legion of Doom, Animal uh, Hawk passed away in 2003. Yesterday, we lost Animal. And we are all in the wrestling world very shocked by this news because none of us saw it coming. There were no signs to see this coming. He was actually out celebrating his anniversary with his wife. He was at a resort. um, He slipped away of natural causes, uh, as is being ruled at this time. And um, Road Warrior Animal was somebody that we all got to call our friend, and we'll be hearing uh, from more of his friends tonight as the night goes on. Um, but it's somebody that Steve Kane, our own Steve Kane, worked with a lot over the years, somebody that I had met yeah. and uh, had been on a couple shows with, and um, you know, somebody that uh, had become a, quite popular and a regular here on this podcast. So tonight Mm -hmm. we will be honoring the legacy of not just Joe, because if we're going to do this, we have to do it justice. Obviously, Joe just died, but we have to remember him for what he was most famous for, and that it was his uh, part in the legendary tag team, the Road Warriors. Oh, that's not what I remember him for, but we'll get to that. (laughs) Oh, yeah, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Sadistic Sean David. I am joined, as always, by my co-host. The Dean of Wrestling Referee, Steve Kane. And the reason why the show will never be a bag of dicks, Chaotic Katie. All right, boys, let's get this going. This All right. is Wrestling Authority Radio, live on the Evolution Radio Network and exclusively live on Blog Talk Radio. We will be joined tonight, uh, hopefully at some point by the following. This is our slated list. Uh, the president of the Cauliflower Alley Club, B. Brian Blair, Mr. Bill Apter, the Patriot, Del Wilkes, Bill Alfonso, Fred Ottman. Uh, we've got some other callers that may be last minute that are not on the list. And uh, we also want to hear from you, our listeners. And uh, you can um, get a hold of us on the Facebook or on the Twitter. or uh, You can even call in. We will screen calls. I will warn everybody of that because I will not have this room. Um 
so uh, we want to hear your thoughts, too. You can call in by using the listener line at 213-943-3719. And we're going to start things off tonight by uh, playing something that Katie has requested of <laughs> her time here on the podcast with Hoodwear Animal. So, Steve, if you could please cue that up. Oh, oh, thanks, dude. Oh, yeah, now wake you... up. Now you tell now you tell me that I've got the other I've got the other one queued up, but here. Okay. This this is a lot of fun when it when it comes down to it. So um <laughs> as sad as we are, we're also gonna get ready to enjoy a laugh as usual at Katie's expense. Yes, at my expense. <laughs> All right. Well we're not gonna we're not gonna waste it we're not gonna waste any time. I'm gonna pop the music in right now. Okay. So that we can give him his proper welcome as soon as my works. There we go. Black Sabbath, but me and Ozzy Osbourne have the same birthday of December of December third. So yeah, I've got Ozzy's spirit oh, with me all the time. Man. You know, I, you know, <laughs> that's a good day. Actually, my son James, who played seven years in the NFL, that's his birthday as well. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. Prince of Darkness, right on. <laughs> well, anyway, this is <laughs> yeah. not the Ozzy Osbourne show. It's not the Ozzy Osbourne show. Maybe another time. <laughs> Welcome, animal. Yeah, right now is hey, right now is the Road Warrior Animal Hour. So, <laughs> oh, pretty much, pretty much. Yep. But I must add, my boys. Uh, did they leave me? No, they didn't leave me. Okay, my boys are ones in the green room, and ones listening. Last time I talked to you, it seems I was talking out of my ass. Oh. Okay, and yes, 
I'm admitting it. And you told me to go sit in the corner and look pretty and let the adults talk. <laughs> did I really? <laughs> yes, you did. You, you, must, yes. you must have been a bad day, and, and believe me, you're talking about your asshole, it's probably a little butthole, so we have to worry about it, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, if I did that, I, I, I said that in the most respectful Loving manner. Loving way? Oh, you're so full of the shit. The most loving way. <laughs> yeah, the most loving way telling somebody to talk out their asshole. Look the look a loving way. <laughs> oh, that's nothing. Bill DeMott, um, Mr. Hugh Morris, um, somebody gave me some false information. Now, you're going to laugh at me, and I hope you do because you're allowed. They gave me false information and told me that Goldberg used to be an OBGYN and um, do gynecological exams and deliver babies. Bill DeMott laughed at me. Yeah. Bill DeMott said, with those sausage fingers, and laughed at me for 45 seconds. Yeah, you didn't, uh, you didn't actually believe that, did you? My husband told me just so I'd get in trouble. Oh, my God. There's almost grounds for divorce saying that that Goldberg that did that. I mean, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> but anyways... Uh, my boys would probably like to uh, talk with you as well. Um, it seems there is somebody in the green room. They bloody well better than Yeah, man. <laughs> All right. But, and oh that, that was uh, Katie's experience here on the podcast with Road Warrior Animal. Well, some of it. We will be uploading oh, no. our first oh, no. year anniversary. Sean, don't talk over me, please. You don't understand, okay? That the first time I ever spoke with Animal, I was scared shitless. I had one year on air, and I, I still, I'm not gonna say that I sucked, but I still wasn't polished. Okay, I'd done other radio, but this was a totally different experience to me. And Animal was one of the biggest names that I had ever spoken to. So for him to tell, I mean, and for him to even say, he said it in the most respectful way, tell me to go sit in the corner and look pretty. Oh, no. Oh, no, folks. Oh, no. That man was mean. Okay, I didn't cry, but I could have. But that man was mean. <laughs> well, uh, oh, yeah. I want to I say this. I don't mean to cut anybody off, but this Sunday before the pay-per-view, we will be upload. Uh, Steve Kane will be uploading our one-year anniversary celebration of PWR Slam, aka this podcast, uh, with Road Warrior Animal to the network. It'll probably. I'm not sure how long that is. We'll have to go back and look at that. But that's going to probably go up at about 3 p.m. Central Standard Time on Sunday before right. the pay-per-view for pre-show and all of that starts. Um, we want everybody to be able to go back and listen to that because man. <clears throat> Just so it, he was such a great guy, such a great guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was. He. The, I. I. I mean, I have not made my my post for him on my Facebook yet because I just don't know what to say. Um, <laughs> I. I'm not afraid to tell you that I cried all day yesterday. That means when I had to go on the transit for my appointments, I was crying on the transit, and I didn't care who cared. Okay. Yeah. I, just bawling. Just bawling. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's like you know. I mean, Sean was Sean was like, I'm wondering how Katie's going to react to the note. She hadn't read the note when I called her, and it's it is odd. Last week, at this very same time, we were talking about this 
very type of situation. And mm-hmm. we and and we we're talking about. I called Katie up and I said, I said, you need to be sitting down. And the first thing I said, are you sitting down? She's like, no, I'm getting my coffee. I said, I said, go sit down. Because I knew exactly. Happening. Yeah. And yesterday morning, I, I yesterday morning, they were testing fire alarms. Yeah. So there was high pitched squealing in the back. So I'm like, okay, I got to change room anyway. So I had my dog with me because he was freaking out worse than a dog does during fire, fireworks and thunder at the same time. So I'm, I went in the bedroom and said, okay, I'm sitting down. And that's, and, and I broke the news. And I mean, honestly, uh, you, I mean, you just, you, you broke right then and there. You're like, no, no. And I mean, I could, I could hear the tears coming down when you, when you did that. Oh, because I, because I had just verified it with Brian and I was, and I had just called Bill Bill was all yeah. Bill was already alerted and was talking to somebody else, and then uh, shortly thereafter, um, put up a, put up a video. And uh, in a minute, where I'm uh, going to put on a uh, uh, audio that uh, he that he was so gracious because he is uh, he was previously booked for this evening, but uh, Bill Apter is a very good friend of ours, and it generally if if uh, if I say, hey Bill, can you do something for me? He will he will go out of his way to do it because he loves us, loves this show, because we love this we love this business. Oh, yeah, Sean yeah, and we'll, I have spent we'll get to that a good part of our lives in it. No, Katie no has loved it. Mm-hmm. Katie yeah. has loved it for almost her entire life. And that yes. And uh, so, I unfortunately, I unfortunately had to make the phone call to Steve Kane yesterday at about seven thirty in yeah. the morning. I woke up and I, I said, "Oh my!" I, I had to go outside. I literally, it was the same reaction I had when Hawk died. When I found out Hawk died, I had logged on to the RCW message board. It was a Sunday afternoon. I'll never forget it. And I, I they were getting ready for their next show, and I was talking with my dad and making plans you know, to make sure we had gas money so I could get to the next RCW event because that's, I'll, I'll tell the story again here in a little while, but when no, I, no, when I learned that no. Hawk died, when I learned okay. that Hawk died, um, I screamed bloody murder. And then today, yesterday, when I learned that animal died, I had to go outside because it was the same kind of reaction again. Um, it, it was, I, I, yeah. Yeah. And then I had to bring and, it to my brother, which was even worse. Yeah, because uh, he's the one who, who, of course, designed the posters for us for uh, quite a while. And so he designed that poster for the first anniversary, which is the first time we had Joe on and that. Yeah. And to, and, and to, throw, and to throw even more on top of it for – people who are big football fans and who are big old time football fans, such as myself that day, but yesterday we also lost Gail Sayers who was the star running back for the Chicago bears in the sixties. He is the, he is the person who was Brian Piccolo's roommate and, um, 
and their story, of course, is portrayed in the in the movie Brian's Song. So, and I had met Gail several years back with my son, and so Ooh. it's like it's like you hit me with you hit me with Joe, then I'm on then I'm on Instagram, and Mike Mooneyham hits hits me with the Gail Sayers thing. And it's like, oh crap, you know, I mean, and now I'm, now I'm starting to get a little bit choked up. So I think I'm going to step back, take a breath, have a drink. Somebody else take over, please. All right. All right. Um, Steve, if you would, while you're getting your drink, go ahead and cue up that uh, clip from Mr. Bill after, and we'll go ahead and play that. Um, Thanks for having me on, Steve. You know, it's really funny that um, I never called Animal Joe. Rare. Very, very, very rarely. Uh, I knew him when he first started in the business. And uh, as soon as he became Animal, of course, with Hawk, even when they had the biker gimmick, uh, I always called him Animal. All the photo sessions I did with him, and Hawk and all the interviews, it, they were always. I never called uh, Hawk Mike at all. So we lost Joe, of course, who was a wonderful human being, great family man, and just an all around nice guy. And we lost one of the greatest characters ever in the world of professional wrestling, Road Warrior Animal. So. I'm sure he was going up to heaven with that da 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 What a rush. Man, we're going to miss him. Okay, well, um, that that did it for me. Um, <laughs> I'm crying too. Sean, I'm crying too. <laughs> I and now and now I've now I've actually I've actually calmed down. I just Katie, I just sent this to you. I, I said I didn't think I was going to be the one who was going to break first, but yet I was. <laughs> in remembrance of before we get to our first caller, in remembrance of Road Warrior Animal.
You cannot listen to that song and not. Um, you weren't oh, even God. thought of. You weren't even thought of when that song came out. You know that, right? You, you weren't even a Absolutely. gleam in anybody's eye. You, you know this, right? <laughs> you do that to me right <laughs> when I'm in the middle of having a having a swig, Kay. Thanks a lot. I about I about so spit my beer on air and choked. <laughs> well, you know, I sorry, mean, I not guess, sorry. I guess we need to. I guess we need to have a have a little bit of a chuckle. I mean, and, and Joe was definitely one of those guys. I mean, it's when you when you sit there and you look, and especially, I mean, you know, Sean has seen him up close and personal. I spent time in the ring with him. So I mean, no. you know, this man is this man was friggin' huge. Oh, uh, I mean, like you know, six two, two eighty five, solid muscle and that. I mean, the first you know, and I'll I'll get into the first time I ever saw them in a little while, little while. Um, but you know, I mean, the look can be intimidating, but he was. One of the most, you know, as we as we knew from spending time with him on the air, one of the most calm, laid back guys that oh goodness you that you could that you could ever know. I mean, there were certain things he was very passionate about, uh, you know, politics being one of them. But uh, you know, but he also but he loved this business, and I mean, you know the. And that's one of those things when you when you get back get to listen to this Sunday, you'll get to you'll get to hear the story of a man who just loved what he did. Mm-hmm. And and the story of the first time Al is to me is still hilarious as all get out. <laughs> oh so. the, yeah. The, the the man the man was funny, okay. The man, like, okay, yeah. if you've ever heard me full out laugh on this show, he could, like, he could make me snort before I laugh, okay? Like, the man would have me in <laughs> tears. The man has given me an asthma attack full out on air where I had to mute, all right? And it's just, he was, he was, yeah, and that's hard to do. And, I mean, like, I even tell people, I go, hey, if it ever happens, you can put it on your Facebook profile. So, yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. Yep. Yep. Um, you're allowed you're allowed to wear that as a nice big star on your chest. <laughs> What's up, we're gonna we are gonna hear from our own Steve Kane and I'm gonna share my memories here in a second. I'll start okay. things off. But, and then we're gonna hear from but, our first but, uh but why don't we get to our caller first and then we'll get into more of our memories since it's just been all about what we remember. Not any of the people that well, he is a regular on the show, but not any of the other fans. And being the fans' perspective, I do believe that we should have a fan who is also a ref, known as, well, we like to call him Rob the Slob. Oh, okay. Well, we'll get to him. If, if it says, if you, yeah, no, I just, no, I just put him on air. Go ahead, Rob. It's your turn. <laughs> Hi, guys. Hey, Rob. How's everyone doing? We're hanging in, brother. We're hanging in. It's not easy, but we're doing it. And that's just it. I mean, it's all, it's anytime you lose one of the best brothers like that, it's always going to be the hardest. And I mean, I mean, he's just, 
but he filled up everybody with so much joy and so many smiles. And I don't, I just think he would want us to be laughing and joking and, and, and enjoying what he gave us. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yep. it was just that he was that kind of person. I mean, I remember calling into the show a few times, um, and I mean, a couple of times when he was on and whatever, and I mean, he's always so gracious and just so, so funny and always filled with so many stories and you just, you couldn't get enough. You, you, you felt like you could talk to him for 20 hours and still not get enough out of him. Yeah. And, and I, you know, yeah, I agree. And, and the thing is too, Rob, um, yeah, if you, if you, if you notice, I mean, he, while he understood the legacy of what he and Mike created, he never allowed it to take over, take over his head and That's right. give, and give him a, give him an ego. He was, he was very humble, very exactly. humble. And that's one of the things I love most about him. It wasn't, you know, we are the greatest tag team just because we need a nickname. Mm-hmm. I mean, they happen to be, but yeah. they didn't go flaunting it around. They didn't have to. Everyone flaunted it for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you I, when I, it comes to thing, it. But the thing about mm-hmm. it is, mm-hmm. and, I'm, and then I'm going to let Katie and, and Steve speak on this. When you're that mm-hmm. good, you have other people that are saying that. You don't have to say that yourself. That's, that's I think that that's what made them even better because, you know, they went to Japan. They went – they. Uh, I mean, I'll go God, over all the titles a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't think they there was a territory they worked company. that they didn't work in. I mean, they worked in every single territory across the entire world and won the tag team champs in every single one of them. But while, all the while, creating what is literally known as the World Warrior Pop to this day. So, I mean, it's impossible to say that any other tag team was not the greatest tag team of their time. Uh, yeah, I definitely have to agree with you, and this is why I get mad because um, <laughs> you know uh, there there are some people that make fun of the Young Bucks, and one of the new nicknames they've given one of the Young Bucks is Road Warrior Buck, and I'm like, he will never oh, be no, a Road no, Warrior. No, 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 never, 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 never. <laughs> okay, are, are you That's sure? Right. Are you sure it's never? Are you sure it's never? Yeah, Sounds like a I Taylor think... Swift song. Yep, 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 yep. yep. <laughs> or never gonna get it, never gonna get it, never gonna get it, never gonna get it. Okay. But yeah, uh, the, the man, the man was amazing. Yeah, they were the best tag team in the world. But what needs explaining to me? And the man was supposed to be here, so now I get no explanation. Their first gear were leather hats, cut-off jean jackets, and little shorts right. and big buckled belts. Okay? That's right. I love, I love you, Joe, but you guys look like rejects from um, the village people. The village people. people. And he, yeah. said, if I remember right, he, he, he said that on Dark Side. Yeah, and, and, and yes. it came out of my mouth and your mouth at the same time, before he said it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man. I'm the uh, All right. <laughs> yeah, whose brainchild was that, right? Not mine. 
That was Oli. It was the. That was that was Oli. It was it was Oli's territory. Oli, well, no, no, Oli owned it. Oli owned it. Oli was Oli was the guy in charge, um, and so so he did he did that part. Yeah, he he ran. Georgia was Oli's company. Um, now Dusty Dusty just worked for him. Dusty owned Tampa. Yeah, and ran Tampa at that uh, time. I mean, the, and and you know the the original face paint of the Road Warriors was nothing special, but in the, in those following no. years, that face paint becomes became synonymous. I literally, I I know um, quite a few wrestlers that have like Road Warrior face paint tattoos. Like that's how big, oh yeah, and oh, iconic, yeah. right? Iconic that is. Um, yeah, but the original oh, face paint. Oh no, it, it, it was horrible. No, the original face paint was a couple of lines and 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 right. you know maybe a little bit around their eyes. That, that right. was it. it. Was a line here, a line there, and that was it. And eventually, and eventually, you you know, you knew, especially by looking at Mike's paint, when a match was yeah. important, because normally Mike's paint was the left eye was red, circle with. Like, um, I get, you know, you could call them like wings or, you know, curved flame, whatever you want to yeah. coming out, coming off the side. And then the, uh, um, the triangle with the, with the, uh, semicircle base underneath, underneath the right eye. But right. when it was an important match, the face paint changed. It was this. Yep. It was this. It was this double. It was this like triple diamond diamond pattern that was all that was like all black with with a yellow band underneath it. And when and when and when Mike was wearing that face paint and Joe was you know had the you know had the uh, the spider. spider with the with. The Black Widow symbol on it. Yep. Those those were the matches that you knew were the big ones. Those were the super serious ones. Those were the ones that were like, oh crap, better pay attention because somebody gonna get hurt. Bad. Someone's gonna get hurt. Yeah. Okay. Um. Rob may be the only one on this panel that'll get this. Get this, Russell Peters. Someone gonna get hurt real bad. I'm not gonna say you, but you might know him. <laughs> yeah. No All right. <laughs> Somebody gonna I get hurt. I will be back, you. guys. So hang tight. Okay. Yay. We will. Hang yeah. Somebody hang gonna in. get the hurt real bad. Someone gonna get the hurt. Oh my goodness! But yeah, growing up watching Animal, you know, I wasn't. I didn't. I didn't have a satellite, so I didn't get to watch the territory days. So I got to see it all late. But it's it. Yeah, I get a lot of. Well, <laughs> we don't do f bombs here often. I get a lot of oh, what the fuck <laughs> moments. Like they did that. Oh my god! Holy crap! What are they doing? <laughs> you know? And but I mean, the best was watching on on uh, dark side of the ring how their shoulder pads, the spike shoulder pads, came about, and they showed they showed a. Uh, Showed Joe drilling holes in the shoulder pads, and he had somebody make the spikes. Yeah, and yeah, that was just the first time I saw that. I was just like, "Holy crap! Who are these guys?" 
I hope they're better than demolition looking as looking better than demolition. Holy crap they are. Well, wow. I, <laughs> I, I know that there is one I know that there is one man that will never forget Hawker Animal uh because mm. of the infamous scaffold match that almost cost him both his knees. And that's Jim Cornette, and we will. Yeah, I Jim was say. does make a statement about uh, animals passing. We will upload it because, man, uh, that was the. Di- I, you know, you think back to that scaffold match, and you're like, my God, you know, that's barbaric. You, you know, the the only way to win is to throw your opponent off the scaffold from thirty, forty feet up. And yeah. uh, Cornette will never. As long as he lives, because he's still got problems with his knees. As long as he lives, oh, he will never forget Hawker Animal. All well, right, you guys. Know what? I, I bet I bet he finds that to be a blessing now. You know, yeah. every time oh, he hurts, sure. he'll think of the boys. Yep. All right, guys. Well, I brought uh, I brought uh, somebody in, a uh, good friend of ours. Um, a lot of people think of him as a manager, but uh, for many years – he was actually an NWA referee, and he worked with uh, Joe and Mike. Here he is, the man who Ooh. calls it straight down the middle, Daddy, Bill Alfonso. Oh, hey, good, good morning, Thanks sweetheart. Afternoon, done. evening. <laughs> you guys on the West Coast? <laughs> I'm on, me, I'm, I'm in Canada. <laughs> oh, I love Canada. I know you do. Okay, all right, sweetheart. What do you have to say? We'll get going well, with you. You know, we suffered a big loss, and damn it, hits us in so many ways. You know, and I think of, I can close my eyes when I, um, I can close my eyes and picture a, a a night that I was with the Road Warriors, like uh, Miami Beach Convention Center was a hot town for us, and it would sell out all the time. And we ran it, and they were there. They were really hot at the time it was during the i guess the mid to late 80s or something when they were working for jim crockett and tbs was just taking off and all that so anyway we were doing it it was a really rough crowd and a riot broke out oh and and uh i was stuck and they grabbed me and put me between them and we walked through like thousands of freaking people to get back to the dress room and they took care oh. of me like it was crazy and it wouldn't let nothing happen to me. That's just one incident and and so here's the softer side. Here's the softer side. So, you know, we see each other all the time. So when I were at you know, we all we do shows and we're all about to eat and man, we've been talking about the kids and family and we're having a nice dinner, so it's crazy, man. Uh, mm-hmm. how tough these guys can be and then they're we're all the same really. They got a softer yeah. side too. Yeah, I mean, well, they they had to be tough. Their former jobs made it so they were tough, and their former jobs also got them their position in wrestling. What some people do forget, it do forget or fail to remember, they were bouncers. That's they right. were big, mother chucking bouncers. Okay, <laughs> who could take out three guys, three three four guys on their own without each other. Okay, <laughs> they were forced to be reckoned with. Grandma B. Yes, they were asked. Hey, yeah. we had a flat tire on the way to West Palm Beach. They were in, so they weren't in the territory. I was working for Eddie Graham. He, Dusty Rhodes was a booker. And we ran West Palm every Monday, Tampa, Tuesday, Miami, Wednesday. 
So when the specialty guys came in, like Andre the Giant or or the girls or Ric Flair or whoever came in for the specialty for the week, I would have to pick them up as a referee. So the Road Warriors came in for the week, and I picked them up. And we were driving to West Palmas, a 200-mile drive from Tampa. And, of course, it was sold out, and they were on top. And we somehow got a flat tire was in the rental car. And the rental car did not have a fucking jack or something. It was crazy. You know what they did? These guys were so beefed up and so freaking big. I swear, they picked up the back end of the car, and I changed the tire like that. It was crazy. I believe that. That's I I I Bill told me that yesterday and I'm and I'm still shaking my head over it going oh my god wow yeah I mean quick thing but you know just they wanted to get to the show it's come on Fonzie hurry up Fonzie it was oh man oh I was just perfect with so many different guys like that man damn. We're all dying out in all the old territories and all the guys. Mm-hmm. Now it's all the young guys, but, you know, all good. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, Bill, we knew eventually we were going to be passing it down to these young kids. We just didn't think sometimes it was going to be this soon. Yes. I feel you, brother. Oh, uh, it's like, it's like, how did I get, how did I get so old so quick? Yeah, my, uh, yeah, you're talking about me, Dad. I'm slim and trim. I feel great, and I look like I'm, I look younger now than I did 20 years ago when I was in ECW. If you can believe that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, well, well I got you here, honey. Um, uh, one of our callers right now. He is a ref. Is there any 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 type of advice that you could give to Rob? Because he'd love it. Hell yeah. Hey, Rob, Daddy. I'm glad. I'm glad you love the business. You're a ref. Uh, here, here's what I always do. I always dress nice because ability. You, you, you need to stick out, Rob. You need to be fucking toned. In the ring, I would wear all nice clothes, brother. Haircut, beautiful. You know, do your job the best you can. Uh, listen, be humble, say hello to everybody from the from the ring guys all the way to the main event, you know, and be accessible to the booker and know your match. Don't just go in and say, hey, get, what's the finish? One, two, three. Know the whole match. You know what I mean? From beginning to end. That's what's going to make you valuable later on when you can pass it on to these young kids that you've learned. So just be cool. You know, be yourself and uh, good luck, Daddy. I had a 40-year career yep. out of it. So it's been good to me, yeah. and that's what I did. You know, you dress nice, fuck you play your part, and and you do a good job, and you're humble, and fucking take care of everybody. Do the best you can, Rob. Uh, this is actually a ref that uh, I um I kind of gave a little bit of a gimmick to because he says he says as a referee, what can I do to stand out? And I said, you know, I said there's not been a referee in in the last twenty years that I can think of that's been sloppy. I said your name's Rob. Let's let's name you Rob the Slob. You come out with an untucked rep shirt. Your shoes are untied. You trip over the bottom rope as you're getting into the ring. I said, let's oh, do something different than a rip. That. I love that. Fuck, what an angle. That's great. Is you doing it? Yeah, Rob, you're still doing that, aren't you? Where they'll let you. Yeah. Um, as soon as I can get a passport and things open up and I can get down there, yeah, I'm more than willing to. Yeah, so, hey, on board. 
No, but yeah, you're allowed to use the gimmick now. You're allowed to use the gimmick now too, though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I do have <laughs> sure. a different. I, I'm 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 thinking of starting a different gimmick with a mask because I got a referee mask. <gasps> oh! Oh! There's always been a gimmick I've wanted to do with the referee with that's masked. I wanted to call him the mean referee, and he's always just mean and angry and just just hateful. And you that can was, never see his face, so you just. <laughs> That was, never, my, that was my heel, Sean, have, that was my I, heel ref gimmick in Lucha. I was, I was <laughs> an LF3 and Mascarado. Yeah, I literally, I, I have a mask that is more like the Super Destroyer style. So, I'm thinking of starting something, going to try something with that too. But I mean, um, hey, I'm all for whatever gimmick. I'm all for whatever I can do to help the promotion out. But if I can, whatever, whatever that entails. Um, and I've always been that way. If I can do anything to help out a promotion, I'm all for it. So I'm gonna. Uh, we've kind of got everybody here now, and I want to tell everybody my first experience with the Road Warriors. It uh, was in 2002. <clears throat> uh, Hawk had come to town, and I did not have money to attend the event, and he was at the local comic book store. And I went there to meet him, um, and uh, I, I walked up to Hawk, and I said, you know, it's an honor to meet you, sir. Good luck in your match tonight. And he says, here you go, kid. Here's two tickets. Bring somebody and be there. And I, I you know, I was intimidated. I was like, if I'm not there, he's going to find me. I was like, well. <laughs> <laughs> but it's Hawk, you know. Um you were a wimp when you were 12 because I would have been, yes, sir, I'll be there, sir. And I would have been fine. It would have been like, you know, like I understood that when I was your age that, you know, yeah, I heal the heel, but, you know, my dad, my dad, my dad knew sweet daddy Seeky. He said, they're not like that in the ring. They're actually real people. Don't ever be afraid of them outside of the ring. Um, so, Animal yeah. or Hawk is the whole reason I got into the business because of his gratitude. A year later, he came back with Animal, and it was Hawk and Animal against two talents that Steve and I have worked a lot with over the years, Cameron Cage and Jimmy Jacobs. And this tag team match, oh, my! there were 600 fans in attendance for this event, first of all. And second of all, my God, you know, that music that we played earlier, the Iron Man hit, and you could have heard a pin drop in the venue. It was, I mean... Here come Hawk and Animal and the, the Monster Truckers, as they uh, Jimmy Jacobs and Cameron Cage were calling themselves to, you know, Jimmy Jacobs was maybe 160 pounds soaking wet at that point, if you remember that, Steve. Oh, I remember. <laughs> and, and he actually bulked up. He was about, the first time I worked with him, he was maybe about 125 pounds soaking wet. And yet I, and yet so, I, made, and yet I made them give him a strap. Um. So here comes Hawk and Animal, and you know that these guys are going to take a beating from Hawk and Animal. You just, you know, you're sitting in, I'm sitting in the front row, and my God, the beating that Jimmy Jacobs and Cameron Cage took that night. But it's a match I'll never forget because Hawk and Animal, tough as nails. Tough as nails. I I would not, you know, that doomsday device, everybody's like, everybody's like, oh, that's an easy move to take, brother. Everybody can do it. No, you. I don't care who you are. I would trust them two to do it. I wouldn't trust anybody else on this planet. Well, that's saying a whole hell of a lot. I'm serious. That's saying I'm a lot. Serious. Yeah. 
Hey, you guys have a so, good evening. I got to back up. All right. Bill, listen, thank you. Keep up the good work. Thanks for having me on to talk about the, you know. Oh, God, God, thank, you. Honey. thank you so much, oh, honey. Thanks for coming out. Much love. I'll, I'll talk to you yeah. sometime this week, my friend. Yeah, absolutely. Take care, everybody. You too, right. Bill. Take care, Bill. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So, I love uh, that, that man. Was my I love that man. I do too. <laughs> Bill Alfonso. He is, he is awesome. I, I love some of the stories that come out of Bill Alfonso. One of these nights, we need to have him on and talk strictly Sabu and Rob Van Dam. His time managing Sabu and Rob Van Dam and how many nights he had Fantastic. contact high having to manage having to manage those two. Oh, it's a lot here. Yeah, so, I bet. Yeah. Uh, Steve, yeah. Steve, what was your experience with Hawk and Animal? Okay, well, let's let's start. Let's start. I mean, obviously, I was I the I saw them right the first time they ever came out in uh, Georgia Championship Wrestling when they were. <coughs> The Erzatz Village people, the Village People rejects, and that. Okay, then of Here course came the Animal, the Village yeah. People. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I know, I know a punk sing, singer named John Tar that one one night he dressed the whole band up as the Village People, and he was the Indian. It was, it was great. Oh my god! So <laughs> and that's what it reminded me of the Village. Oh people. yeah. So yeah. of course, then, then, then they have, then they go where they get the haircuts. And the face yep. paint, and they and they talk dump about their haircuts. Yeah, you got to talk they, about their haircuts. Remember their haircuts? Um, there's a reason right. why Was Animal had a mohawk. And hold on, and and that hawk had the bihawk. That's what that, that's what we call it. They fit together. So when they put their heads down, they fit together like you know, right. like a plug in, into a right, socket. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. So anyway, okay. So, Sorry. I mean, I had seen, so I had seen them, you know, my then wife and I had seen them over at, uh, you know, at the UIC pavilion because Vern was bringing them up even, you know, though he, even though they were working for Ole at the time as well. Um, but in 19, but in early 1984, um, we had, we had scored, we had scored some tickets. Um, the AWA was working in a little town that's about an hour or so west of me here called Samanac, Illinois. Samanac High School alumni. And I, I remember, I actually told this story to Joe the first time that uh, he was on. It's mm. not the first time he had heard it from me, but I did it because that way the audience knew how we connected up. But because you could. Yeah, and because I could. So, <laughs> so this is so the so I mean the the gym was like oversold, and that, and it was and I mean it was a good card. Um, Kurt Hennig was on was on in the in the uh, in the undercard and that, um, and the main event was Baron von Raschke. Yeah. And another guy who I became friends with and got to work with quite a bit over the years, jumping Jim Brunzel against oh. the Road Warriors. Now Oh, I love beef. At that, I love Jim at that time at that time fans could come up and try and get autographs before 
the before yeah. the you know match before would the start. Gig. Yeah. Right. Before the gig. So I had managed I had managed to get gems. And it's so oh. ironic to sit there and think that a guy that I wind up just not that many years later working with is a guy that I get an autograph from and that. Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to get I'm trying to get uh, the Baron's autograph and that's right <laughs> Joe and Mike hit the ring. And he's having to wave us off. I look across and I see these two guys and it literally has scared the crap out of me. I'm like, my God, these, these two are freaking monsters. You know, I mean, I mean, I'd only, I'd only seen them from, you know, like the mezzanine level of the UIC pavilion. So here I am. I am now like, Oh, 16 feet away from them and I see how big they actually are mm-hmm. scared the crap out of me I mean I, I, <laughs> thankfully not I would have peed my, my, my father my father no hey I would I, I was not going to embarrass myself in front of my father-in-law and True. my buddy and that True. And, and my oh. wife at the time so mm-hmm. well I've um, got a Wait. So I'm, and so and so then a few years later, uh, WCW did a uh, bit where they had where they got uh, the guys to pre to uh, come out before the show and sign autographs, and the four guys that they had were, God rest his soul, Doc Death, Steve Williams. Sting mm-hmm. and the Road Warriors, Ooh. and the Road Warriors were the were That's the a- la- were the last guys. It was Doc, it was Sting, and it was and it was Mike and Joe. And mm. so That's a lot I of so things. I told yes, so I told them about about it. I told them of the town, and Mike was Mike was thinking there was somewhere yo. Like uh, over in Wisconsin, I said no. It was here. It's that's here in Illinois. It's about uh, maybe an hour and a half southwest of here, where we are now, and that. And he thanked me much, very much for that. And then, you know, here I, you know, and then ten years later, all of a sudden, I'm in a dressing. I'm sharing a dressing room with these guys, and we're and we're just. Oh, having conversations and talking about this and that and going over the match and that I actually got to, I actually got to block Joe from throwing a punch in the corner at a, at a couple of heels. It was, it was, it was so much fun. Here comes, here comes his, here comes his right arm rearing back. He comes forward. I bring my right arm up to hook him and they'll push it back. And and I'm and I'm going. All right, how was that? That was good. That was good. You got, you know, And it was just, I mean, you know, th- those guys were just so much fun yeah. to work with. And yeah. that, I, I mean, I, you know, I mean, I've been, you know, I, I've, I've been in the ring. I could, if I name dropped all the guys that I have worked with over the over the course of the years, I mean, you know. 
you're pra- you're practically talking at least a third of the WWE Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. And that, but oh, you, you should hear you should hear me brag about you. Okay, you don't even know. <laughs> Thank you, honey. No, but you don't even know when people. To, so if somebody comes up to me and says, "Oh, I know this and I know that," and I, know, I go, "Yeah, well, did you know this, 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 and this?" No, no, you didn't, because you're not privy to that information. Now are you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you, I mean, just, I mean, you know, just to, I mean, to, I mean, with all the guys that I've shared a ring with, and that over the years, to be able to say that I shared a ring with the Road Warriors means mm-hmm. as much, if not more to me, than any of the other guys that I have shared a ring with. Yeah. And that's that to me is saying quite a bit. I mean, you know, here's let me let me let me run down. Here are here are the titles that they that they have held that they held throughout their career. In all Japan pro wrestling. They were the NWA International Tag Team Champions. They were the AWA, Vern Gagne, the AWA World Tag Team Champions. In, mm-hmm. in Fighting World of Japan Pro Wrestling, they were the World Japan Tag Team Champions. They were the NWA National Tag Team Champions. Three times they had that title. <clears throat> they were the... International Wrestling Superstars World Tag Team Champions. They were three times they held the I-Generation Superstars of Wrestling Tag Team titles. They held the Independent Pro Wrestling IPW Tag Team Championship. When they were working for Crockett, they held the NWA World Six-Man Tag Team Championships three times. Twice with Dusty, once with... uh, with uh, Genichiro um, Tenyuru. They held the Mid-Atlantic NWA World Tag Team Championships once. They were the Iron Team Tournament winners. They were the winners of the Jim Crockett Senior Memorial Cup. Um, they won They won the WWE Tag Team Championships twice. Um as the Hellraisers, they were the IWGP Tag Team Champions twice. As LOD 2005, they had the WWE Tag Team Championships. And as the Hell Warriors, they were the UWA, which was uh, from Mexico, um, World Tag Team Champions. I mean, oh... That that's a that's a that's a re, that's a resume that's longer than my leg. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty freaking long. Oh man, yeah. yesterday just yesterday, man, when I, I when I found out, yeah, I did. I screamed no. I was yeah no, you know, like he was confirmed for the first week of next month for our anniversary show. Okay, because I've always got the man on my wish list. Always, 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 always. Yeah. But he he would just show up too. You know, like, hi. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. I miss him. Yeah, you know, I, I'd him. send him a message and say, hey, we're going to be talking about this. If you want to, if you want to call in, here's the number. And he oh, did yeah, it once brother. or twice. Oh yeah, brother, I'll be there. I'll be there. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. He was. That's. I mean. I mean. Say what you want. I may not have met the man. I may not have worked with the man, but I talked to the man 
more than I talk to yeah. some of my own friends, okay? And, I mean, to sit there and, and listen to him, and you can tell him anything you want, and we did, and just to, to hear him tell you you're worth yeah, it. You mean, you mean something. Keep doing what you're doing. You know, it's just those words played in my, in my ears and in my mind all day yesterday. You know, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 so, it was really, really hard yesterday. And here I go. Yeah. Number two. <laughs> here right, I go. Yeah. But yeah, I yeah. Just to, yeah, to I know, Sean, Sean, I'm going to let you speak. Just give me three seconds, please. But to know that he actually gave a shit. He actually cared. Not a fake bone in the man's body. He would not pay you lip service. As you heard with with what him and I got into where I gave him shit for being mean to me the first time, you know, and he was just totally, Oh my goodness. I must've had the crappiest day ever. And I'm just like, Oh yeah. You know? And then he follow admitted, goes, yeah, you know what? That wasn't cool. You know? And to, to actually get that an apology from a man of like of his stature and his magnitude and his stardom. That to me, that's enormous. I mean, you actually took the time out to say, Hey man, I was wrong. And to come on our show and be like one of the boys, you know, I, I'm one of the boys as well. But, yeah, just, just to sit here and have him as one of the boys, especially the night we had the Godfather on. And I decided to say, say, yeah, I want part of, I want part of that train. He says, what, you want to be one of my hoes? I says, no, I want to run them hoes with you. I want to run that train. And, oh, my God, I, I, I thought Joe, I thought Joe was going to die. He just, he just laughed so hard, you know. Oh, he just, God, he was, he just like, he was, he was just like. Girl, you're just too much. Go, oh, Ma. I love you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. oh man. I, ser- seriously. We got to let Sean talk. Seriously, Joe. <laughs> seriously, Joe was Joe was busting a gut that night between between the between the bit with you and him, and then and then you know when Charles started, and that um, it was it was just like it was just like oh. <laughs> I, I I mean honestly honestly I I thought I I didn't I didn't know if Joe was going to wind up needing an inhaler because he was laughing so hard. Oh my gosh, it was it was right, it was hilarious. Okay, was, I'm screen. No, no. If he's not here yet, I'm screening him. I'm screening him. He's mine. You can't have him. He's mine. <laughs> but go yeah, ahead. All right, Sean. Steve. Um, <laughs> I have uploaded some corny clips. If you type in corny Yay! in the search bar in our studio. There are some new corny clips uh, talking about the Road Warriors. You can start with whatever one you want to start with. I am yeah. working on getting yeah. one about the scaffold match, but uh, I have uploaded some. Let's see here. I have one on um, the spike angle. I have one on the Road Warriors heel turn in 1988. I have one on their face paint. I have one on why they were fired. Oh, my in, goodness. Uh, from I WC- don't. W- okay. okay. We're not going to get to all of them. <laughs> Yeah, but we yeah. will play them. And, and we they're will not, play them and they're not time. showing. They're not showing up yet. They're not showing up yet. Sean. All right, I will no start one. Shit in the this, is, this is corny on the Road Warrior Spike angle. Okay. Jimmy, oh, I have a question shocker. for the late night drive-through, and it is from Rusty Shackleford. Well, hello, hello, Mr. Shackelford. I'm sorry you're rusty. He is writing from the old Atlantic Grand Prix wrestling territory in the Canadian Maritimes. 
as an eight-year-old kid, I remember watching Saturday Night TBS Wrestling and being borderline traumatized watching the Road Warriors turn on Dusty Rhodes and driving the shoulder pad spike into Dusty's eye. Can you elaborate on what led up to this angle? Um, well, I can't really elaborate on what led up to it because I was not privy to other people's business at the time. It was, you know, I wasn't in the office or anything, so Dusty wasn't running his angles by me. But I can tell you about the fallout because that was right after the sale to TBS went through. And Crockett had, had sold, T, uh, sold to TBS, and they'd become the new owners of the wrestling promotion. And it was just a few weeks before that that I had done the angle where Paul Lee clocked me overhead with the phone when the original Midnight hit the, you know, hit the studio and, and beat up myself in the Midnight Express. And, and they didn't like blood on TBS. But, you know, I said, Dusty, I said, you know, can, you know, it, my idea was for them to get juice on all three of us. And Dusty, of course, was a genius. He said, well, they've seen Bobby and Stan bleed, but they've never seen you bleed. So just it'd be you. He said, get, get a little blood, kid, a little blood. So, of course, it looked like I'd been run through a razor blade factory. And afterwards, he said, I said a little blood, kid. <laughs> but then just a few weeks after that, he was trying to turn the Road Warriors heel. And he'd already tried with the, the match in New Orleans where they beat the Midnight Express for the world tag title. They'd uh, done it in a very heelish manner. And they'd started cutting the promos. And finally, they were going to attack Dusty and and stick the spike in his eye and he and he was going to blade you know not his eyeball or whatever the fuck but he bladed right next to the eye so that he you know it would look gruesome and basically you know even though it was a fraction of the blood that I bled because it was the whole graphic thing of sticking the spike in the eye and everything he was, TBS was not happy and that among a few other things led to them uh, relieving Dusty of the book, which led to him then saying, "Well, you know, I'm I'm out of here," and that that really set them off on the fucking bad path because they never recovered. And a lot of people say, "Well, Dusty's booking was stale or whatever." Okay, look at what followed it. Jimmy Crockett for three or four weeks, which he himself admitted to us one night, "I'm not. I, I'm just a maintenance booker. I'm not a creative booker. I'm just going to try to hold it together until we get another one." And then they got George Scott who had to be fired after three months because he had tanked the ratings to the worst wrestling ratings that TBS had ever had since they started carrying wrestling 20 years before that. And then uh, to a booking committee that tried to put the pieces back together until finally Flair strong-armed his way in that August or September. So they should have kept Dusty. Um, but he, you know, a lot of guys were saying, well, he's trying to get – himself into a top angle with the road warriors well yeah because he was one of the biggest stars in the fucking business why wouldn't he be in a top fucking angle i wouldn't have turned the road warriors heel because it didn't work people didn't want to boo him they had to turn him back right afterwards um and and it was like when tbs got upset when 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 flair did the deal on the clash where uh funk put the plastic bag over his head and tried to smother him. Oh, my God, they sent memos out, and they edited. They wouldn't show replays of it, and they said, oh, my God, kids might try this at home. Well, it's not my fault. You've got a bunch of stupid kids with a bunch of stupid parents that ain't told their fucking kids, hey, not a good idea to put plastic bags over your fucking head, kid. Um, <laughs> you know, so basically any violent angle that might get some heat on somebody and might spark the business up a little bit was vetoed right at the start by TBS, which is why they played catch up for eight fucking years before they finally ever made a fucking profit. 
in terms of worrying about what kids at home will do, it reminds me of a Georgia Championship wrestling angle from either 81 or 82, where Ken Patera was going to have like cinder blocks smashed on him by Jimmy Snuka, and Terry Gordy standing there grabs Gordon Soli's microphone and says, oh, you kids at home, try this on your buddy. Because <laughs> <laughs> Gordon Soli was horrified that he would do that. But well, it, 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 it was the cinder block angle in Knoxville that, that led to their biggest business they ever did when, when Stomper put Joe LaDuke in the hospital because instead of breaking the cinder block, he hit him over the head with the fucking uh, sledgehammer. It really put him in the hospital. I and mean, that caused people to think to this day that Robert Fuller was a genius booker. Uh, but any <laughs> goddamn, I I don't understand because I never had to have, and I know we're going off on a tangent here. I never had to have my mother tell me, Jimmy, it's probably not a good idea for you to jump off the roof because somebody on TV did it, or don't you know fucking drive a ten penny nail through your goddamn dick because you saw somebody on TV do it, or whatever, or these goddamn goofy skateboarders. Or these fucking idiots now that are on goddamn Tosh.0 that do these stupid things on video that can't possibly end well. And, and, and they're, they're not even doing it. You can tell they're not even going into it like, hey, I'm going to really make a spectacular dumb fuck out of myself and it's going to be on TV. They think this shit's going to work. I don't understand how that you can't do angles on TV or present entertainment for people with functioning brain cells just because some stupid dumb fuck, whether kid or adult somewhere – is going to do something that anybody with any goddamn cognitive ability whatsoever and common sense would know that it's not a good thing for you to try to fucking do. With the Dusty Road Warriors angle, first of all, Dusty had to have known how TBS was going to react. Was it just stubbornness that he was going to do it anyway? Probably. Because it was, he's the American fucking dream. He's been the biggest what? star on TBS besides Andy Griffith for fucking 15 years. So he was going to goddamn do something to do some business. He probably thought if it got over and it did business and sold tickets that they wouldn't, they wouldn't worry about it. But they were at the point of tanking the company, the point where they, they could have, you know, they could have had alien beings being born on live television. And nobody would have tuned in. But the second part of this is he was the American dream, but... The American Dream in 88 was much different and was received much differently from the fans than the American Dream in 85 or 86. Dusty was in a unique spot where there were a lot of fans, even fans sometimes in the TBS studio, who were sick of him, for lack of a better term. Yeah, yeah. And he puts himself in this position where the Road Warriors, who it was impossible to turn the Road Warriors heel. Yeah. I, I don't think anything could have been done to turn the Road Warriors heel at that period of time. And he does this angle to, again, put himself in that mix, make himself the sympathetic babyface past the point where people were willing to accept him. Or at least a lot of people were willing to accept him in that role of sympathetic babyface. Well, but, but now, but here's the thing, once again, the fans in the studio were the people that came every week. Well, I mean, not all of them, but the ones that dressed up like the horsemen and et cetera, and plus the girls and the one girl that would wear no panties and flash the camera people and everything, she came every week. <laughs> what? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, but, but a lot of them came every week, and they were smart, but the, that was because there's room for 125 people in a studio or whatever. And the people were talking about it in the, the sheets at the time because they were in the – centers like philadelphia and fucking up in the northeast wherever where people were starting to get smart and they were starting to like the heels and and they knew what was going on and they read the observer but 
the majority of places, even in 88, 89, a majority of places that Dusty went that didn't involve going to the Northeast where the smart fans were, he was the goddamn American dream. And they fucking cheered the fuck out of They even cheered the dynamic dudes in, like in South Carolina. So imagine what the reception they'd give Dusty, even at that point. So it, it, that was, that's blown up a lot in hindsight by the people who weren't on the road every day and seeing that the average fans out in the real towns, not you know just the hardcores in Philly, it was still Dusty fucking Rhodes. Do you think in any way Dusty needed to, again, lack, lack of a better term, be put in check? I mean, he had been the booker for, what, over four years at that time. And, you know, he was still pushing himself in that top role. Do you think maybe there should have been consideration of him remaining the booker but not being an active wrestler? Maybe, but I don't know if he'd have gone for that. Um, and remember, Dusty's ego was huge. Uh, it has to be to be a star like that. And, uh, you know, yeah, it, 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 I can't even imagine yeah. the workload. Of, of booking at that level for that long and making all the towns. And Dusty didn't, you know, he didn't slack off. You know, he was still out there with the guys every night. So, you know, I don't, I, I, it may have been better, but then again, how do you, how do you say I'm going to take myself off the cards and just book when, you know, it would be easy for me to do that or easy for anybody else. But one of the three biggest box office attractions of the previous decade uh, it is is on one side of a wrestling war with people that have a lot more money and a bigger talent roster. So, you know, I can see why he didn't want to do that either. One last question about all of this. Even with the Paulie Midnight Express angle, or original Midnight Express angle, I think... All right. So, yes, uh, that that angle, the the spike angle with Dusty Rhodes and the Road Warriors will live on in infamy forever. Um, as you heard yep. Jim Cornette talk about, Dusty got in big, big, big trouble from TBS for doing that angle. But probably one of the yep. most – I mean, if you were to show that to a non-wrestling fan today, they'd look at you and go, that's real. And that's exactly mm-hmm. the kind of reaction that Dusty and the Road Warriors were looking for. We do have a guest with us if um, he is ready. He is the president of the Cauliflower Alley Club, one half of the Killer Bees. Mr. B, Brian Blair. Hey, hey, hey. What's up, Stevie? Hey, brother. How you doing, hey. man? Yeah, we were, uh, yeah, wipe the sweat from your brow, Brian. <laughs> ah. Yeah, it was hot in that room. I mean, the honey, the honey was dripping and there was pollen in the air. Ooh, baby. Oh yeah, and, and 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 the bee booties being kicked off off the side of the bed. You know it. <laughs> oh man, you know, baby. Yeah, you know all of you know all about us. We're just kidding, it was the bee's knees, baby. <laughs> bee, oh, Brian, we oh I, I could say something, but I'm not gonna. This bee was on her knees. Brian, Never mind. <laughs> Brian, we were talking about the infamous. Brian, we were talking about the infamous spike angle with Dusty Rhodes and the Road Warriors. Um, I believe you were at WWE at this point when that angle would have made television. What did you think when you saw that with the Road Warriors driving that spike into Dusty's eye? Oh, I was petrified. <laughs> no, it was um, it was money, and that's what uh, everything's about in the business. It's money and entertainment. You entertain the fans, you make money. And uh, it was creative. 
and very creative. And you have to have creative minds. I mean, you just had one of the most creative minds in the business, uh, Jimmy, Jim Cornette. Jim Cornette and that tennis racket. Let me tell you something. I, when I was at Louisville, I used to get so peeved at him. I just knew a bunch of the guys from the team who just wanted to, you know. But anyway, no, um, I just like uh, the way uh, he gets heat. And he has for a long time, and he still does. Um, <laughs> Cornette, I love you. We, you know, he's a Democrat. <laughs> I'm a Republican, but I love him. You know what I mean? He's a brother, and, and nothing supersedes Absolutely. the brotherhood of wrestling and the camaraderie. Amen. There's no, there's no politician that's going to ever separate my brothers from the road and me. None. Exactly. Yeah, and that's the way. And it that's be just with the way it is. And I'm not going to. And it, it should be with uh, with all of us. But you know what? Wrestlers have a special bond. You know, we've been on the road for so long. You know, Joe's passing hit me like a ton of bricks. And I was just in Canada with him. Uh, I have some wonderful pictures. I just sent you one, and I asked you not to share it. Um, but we, yes. we were in Canada. Uh, oh, what do you mean not to and share it? What, 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 hold on a second. I can't see this picture. Why can't I see this picture? Is, or what, are you uh, just in your all together or what? <laughs> no, because I mean I've got some kind of special pictures, uh, some that have never been seen before, uh, with oh, okay. with, with with Joe and um, Paul Orndorff, oh. uh, w- w- with their they're the only people uh, alive with the, the with the Hall of Fame ring rings, all the Hall Ooh. of Fame rings on their hand, and it went, yep. went into all the Hall of Fames, and Ooh. I have a picture of that. And it's just, uh, I didn't send that one, but I sent one right before that. And knobs is, um, what do you call that when you uh, kind of try to ruin somebody's picture? You jump in it, and what's the name of that? Photo oh, oh, bomb, yeah. Yeah, photo bomb, thank you. I'm thinking power bomb, and I didn't want to say that. <laughs> just thinking, uh, my mind's always thinking wrestling. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, um What's up? You guys are supposed yeah. to be asking me questions. <laughs> uh, well, they were, I'll, I'll tell you they, what. Let's, let's were, ask. Let's ask me about the first time that uh, you ever that you ever encountered Joe and Mike. Yeah. I was in Atlanta. Atlanta TV. 1984. 83, 84. You know, went uh-huh. And I saw those guys, and I thought, they ain't doing that to me. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard you say that. Doing before. that to me. <laughs> so, anyway, that, that's uh, that's the way it was, and um, you know they grew up to be. I mean, I know so many people from Robbinsdale, you know, from where they're from, um, right? In Minnesota, in Minnesota, in Minnesota. And uh, yep, Minnesota. It's a it's it's a group. Minnesota, don't you know? Yeah, it's a group of wonderful people. I mean, jumping Jim Brunzel's from Minnesota. All I mean, Brady Boone, Brady Boone, Ravishing Rick Rude. Um, you know that Brad Rangan, Brad Rangan, of of course, so many, so many. You know, um, Mr. Perfect, of course, the Hennings, and Mm -hmm. um, you know, you just go on and on and on, and so. It's it's amazing. I just um, you know I do the Cauliflower Alley Club, um, the uh, nonprofit for you know all the people that have been in the business for uh, made a living in the business, and it's an amazing thing what the Cauliflower Alley Club does. 
for so, so many people. And that's the kind of love I have. And when we lose somebody, you know, we were getting ready to honor. Um, well, we still are. Uh, I, I will talk to Paul Ellering, as a matter of fact, uh, tomorrow. Um, but uh, mm. they were to be honored. And because of COVID, it got co- got postponed and postponed. Of course, we lost Hawk. We lost Mike. You know, Mike was a dear friend. Uh, mm, yeah. Mike had started. And so anyway, um, it's a sad thing for me, kind of, guys. And uh, I love those guys so much. Yeah. We had so much fun. And, and I was looking so forward to Joe uh, just – Take your time. Take your time, Brian. I'm sorry. No, no go, be. please. Please, we, I've already we've cried. all had our moments tonight. So have I. No, You've already had to talk me down. Yeah, you already yeah. had to talk me down already, so it's okay. <laughs> anyway, those guys were, um, they're all wonderful together, and we were really, really looking forward to Paul Ellering and Joe together. It just won't be happening. Mm. Yeah, it's, yeah, you know, that's, that's, that's rough. That's rough. I'm anyway. I can, hey, I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go, guys. Right now, I, I appreciate it. Okay. Uh, love you guys okay. so much. Yeah. I just gotta go. Okay. Love Thank you. you. Too, I love you. Thank I you love you much. too. All right. No problem. Oh, be. Thanks for coming out. Yeah. All oh, right. God, wow. That, that, that was that, that tells you. That tells you something right there. How hard that yeah. hit him. He couldn't, be, even, yeah. he couldn't even hold on. He stays. B stays when he comes yeah. on our, our show. Yeah, like I almost, He'll I almost threw him. In, I was trying. I was trying. I, I was trying to throw him in the green room with me, but I wasn't quick enough. He already talked me down once tonight. That's that's my rock. I tell you. Why do you think we were in there? We weren't being all naughty and stuff, but we like to make you think we are. But no, he was. He asked me how I was, and I told him, Yeah, well, you know. Things are things, and yep. I cried, and he talked me down, and he's like, "You got to be positive, baby." This is, yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's yeah. you know, that's, my rock. And, you know, that, yeah. 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 One of my I rocks. mean, that, 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 that something when uh, you know when he's when he's uh, oh, you no know, not able to, not able to you know keep keep his own composure that uh, he that he couldn't yeah. stay, I, and <laughs> I don't blame him. Um, yep. Sean, you know. Let's take a quick breather, and then yeah, when we refresh. get back, we can talk a little bit about uh, the go-home edition of Raw, um, the latest on the COVID outbreak, because there's a lot of it uh, happening. And then, of course, T-Bar. T-Bar. Oh, God. All right. And seriously. Vince, wt <laughs> Okay, we'll get into that when we get back, okay? Just just hold it. I know you can't. Just hold it, all right? Just, just hold it. Well, all right, we will be like in about three minutes, 20 <laughs> seconds. <laughs>
show will never be a dick, a bag of dicks, excuse me, Chaotic Katie, and you ain't the main host, we're, we're the main host to host, host, host together, so hosty, host, 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 to you. All right, uh, do we want to play a couple <laughs> more Jake Cornette clips, the rest of them are really short, that first one was really long, but that was it's about a, the, well, the I, I don't know, it's not much, decision. not my decision. All right, we'll play this one. On uh, what Corny thought of LOD 2000 and Sunny. All right, our next question sent in the Corny Drive through at gmail.com from Tim King. Would the Legion of Doom 2000 have worked if they left out the 2000 and Sunny and did it in late 1997? Oh, God, I remember. You know, Sunny looked great with them. Um,. For the brief period of time, I have a actually a publicity picture. It was Hawk and Animal with Sonny. They had the fucking spikes. She had like a female road warrior outfit on. That picture looked great. Um, if they had ever been able to figure out what made the road warriors work and just done it instead of trying to make the road warriors WWF-ish, yes, it would have worked, but they never did that. So it didn't matter what what time they what time period what era they did it that road wars didn't get over in the WWF in what was it 1990 and they didn't get over in 1997 and they didn't get over at the last time LOD 2000 which was in 98 or 9 actually they jumped that up a little bit um because they didn't know and then with hawks issues once that they took Hawk out of the team or tried to for a second and make it Animal and Draws, then that had shot that whole thing to hell anyway, but they just never could figure out. Hawk and Animal were not a natural fit for the WWF environment anyway because when Vince tried to make his own demolition, Bill Eady was still – he was a, a, a veteran and a great worker – and knew the WWF style and could have those matches that way. And Darso was young and and uh, and a good athlete, but he could be the you know the partner. But they had WWF style matches with a demolition gimmick. The Road Warriors came out and were themselves on their promos, off the top of their head, and in the fucking matches they did their shit. And they were it was like Goldberg streak. They the. In WCW, Goldberg had a streak. In WWF, Goldberg had a fucking Harpo Marx wig. That's the difference. 
the the road warriors ever to the thing with the fucking talking dummy Rocco the one time yeah. them them not getting Paul Ellering's importance to the whole fucking thing them not uh, allowing them to be the road warriors and be smashed over like they were and have these bloody violent fucking house show main event matches against heels um it just it, it didn't translate. The WWF was too clean for the Road Warriors. They were the definition of the you know baddest asses in the in the fucking business. And people had seen them, you know, fighting and busting open the Road Warrior or the the Horseman and the Midnight Express and the blah blah blah. And then it's like the WWF was just too slick at that point. And it there was a wink that the Road Warriors really weren't. The road warriors, like there was a wink that nobody else was really who they were up there. There had to be some entertainment value to it, whether the puppet or whatever the fuck. It was just like they were doomed from the start. Yeah, they took the edge off them because they also – Yeah. It's a minor thing you would think, but they went from wearing black to wearing red with black. The shoulder pads all of a sudden were red. The, yeah. The tights were red. And, you know, it's a minor thing in the general scheme of things, but they go from being the road warriors wearing all black and killing guys – to the Legion of Doom, with all red. Yeah, I, I just and and they look so clean then. Yeah, they did. Uh, that was it's and it's the same thing with um, oh god, with Vader. Vader got over everywhere except the WWF because he was a monster beating the shit out of people and you know his eyeball was hanging out in the fucking Tokyo Dome. That it, it, Vince never got him, and you know then Michaels and him finished that off but Vince never got him to begin with and and he wasn't ever presented as a real out of control beast it's it's hard to give the impression that anybody's out of control in the WWF which is why that really you know DX was kind of out of control in a goofy way yeah I never know what they're gonna do but it was a lot of it was silly but Austin's the only guy that's ever been out of control, out of control that the people believed in and said, well, they're they're not even happy he's doing this shit. That's why he drew all the money. Elsewise, there's, it's, it's almost impossible to look real in that environment because it's too big budget, looking great, shot well, produced, manipulated, choreographed, homogenized. And we're going to get Katie and Steve's thoughts about that. Well, as yeah, Billy. Uh, Katie, I ne- go ahead. I, I, I never know what to think about Jim. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, yeah. my goodness. No, because, okay, I'm going to tell you a little something, okay? I, I, I went to bring us out of the green room because I didn't know how long the clip you were going to be, right? And I brought she and I out, and I put us right back in because I said, Corny's still talking. Oh, you got Corny on here? I said, no, we – just clip a corny. I said that man uses more f bombs than I will ever. <laughs> and I told him about the night we had him. We had him on uh, him and Bowling on at the same time, and and I tried to talk, and I I just is this what 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 you think this is your show? No 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 no. And he said and and he said it as nice as possible. I think he told me to shut the fuck up or something. <laughs> this ain't your show tonight. This is not your show tonight. This is our show tonight. Shh. Okay okay, Uncle Corny. <laughs> but yeah, I I love that man too. But I think I think Jim was absolutely right. The Road Warriors were too oh. clean in the WWF. Well, the the WWF was too clean for them. Well, that, 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 
and he was and he was absolutely dead on the money. The Road Warriors, I mean, that's what that's why the Road Warriors worked so well down south. That's why yep. they worked so well in the Midwest They've working for legit. Vern when when yeah. Vern was running because Vern liked big legitimate athletes and these guys were. It also helped mm-hmm. that uh, obviously they were trained by Eddie Sharkey, who was you know, one of one of Vern's lieutenants at the time. But, um, but there's but there's also know, something that also there's also something that also says, and I've heard it a few times on our show. Vince hates tag teams. Yes, he does. Well, that's he does. <laughs> I mean, he does. Think, yes. I mean, think about think about what he what he has what he has done as far as tag teams go over the years. I mean, you know, uh, I mean, you know, we, we've talked, we've talked about demolition to death. Okay. Um, you know, I mean, probably one of the outside of, outside of, uh, the road warriors, probably one of the best legit tag, the two best legit tag teams he ever had were all heart family people, the heart foundation, wow. And the British Bulldogs. Those were wow. the, those were the other two best legit tag teams he had at the time. Yeah. And the only way he could make it work was to have them facing each other. And that was yep. during the whole run with uh, with Danny Davis as the crooked ref and all and all of, and all of this kind of stuff. Okay. Yes. If you, if I mean, you know, otherwise, you know, I mean, he got he got lucky with the he got lucky with New Age Outlaws. Let's be let's be straight up honest. He got lucky with New Age Outlaws. Had had the had um, you know, had had DX not go the the clink the the click. Had if they had not started their own thing and kind of you know pushed their way to the front, which yes, a lot of the a lot of the guys resented, but it worked at the time. That was the spark that Vince needed to get over the hump with Bischoff and Turner and WCW and the NWL, but. Right. Well, that's Bishop Bischoff and Turner and WCW. Right, right, right. Okay. Right. Um, so I want to I want to play this one last clip because we had a lot of questions. I had questions come from fans today that did not know why the Road Warriors left WCW in 1990, and I did find a clip to uh, tell us why this happened. And I want to play this. This is the last clip we'll be playing, and then we're going to talk about some. Uh, other wrestling going on that's current today as Joe would want us to continue on with this show as we traditionally would. Uh, this is Cornette on why the Road Warriors were fired from WCW in the year of 1990. The Road Warriors were making $10,400 a week each, and Paul Ellering was making $5,000 a week. And that was a holdover from the contracts from Crockett when they were the biggest tag team box office traction in the business, and they were drawing that money. And there was two things about the Warriors that people never got. Number one, they always tried to match them with 
like Warlord and Barbarian or some team that was going to be physically, so it was like the irresistible force and immovable object, which similar yeah. didn't work because the only way the Road Warriors, and, and I love Hawk and Animal, I'm not knocking them, they were huge draws and this was the key to them drawing and I'm about to put them over. They had to be against heels that had so much heat that you wanted to see those heels killed. Whether it be the Midnight Express on the, thrown off the scaffold, or whether it be the horsemen like Tully and Arn or Flair, or whatever combination of the horsemen, they could take bumps for them and make them look like they were unbeatable. And then they would sell in the context of the match, but they, then they would go over and triumph in the end. When you put them with two guys that were just as big and just as strong, it was just this, and it didn't fucking work. And secondly, at this point, Heard felt they were making way too much money. And to be quite honest, for the shape the business was in, yeah. Um, the Rock could not have drawn for this fucking company, so they were so. But they wanted to get away from Hurt, and the contract negotiations. Well, it didn't go anywhere because Hurt wasn't going to be anywhere near that amount of money, and I don't think they wanted to stay even if they got the same amount of money. So they finished up on May twenty. Well, May twenty fifth was their last day, I believe, or twenty sixth. If they, but we worked with them in Memphis on May twenty fourth and St. Louis on May twenty fifth. And here's once again how fucked up Hurt was in the head. They come in in Memphis, and Hawk and Animal both said, Bobby and Stan and me, said, you guys are from here. Why the fuck are we beating you? We're leaving. You guys are from here. We'll put you over. Okay. And, I mean, there was interference, and there was racket, and there was chaos and everything, but that one, two, three, in the middle of the ring, I think the Midnight Express are the only team that ever beat them by pinfall in their NWA run. If, I mean, find me another instance of that, right? But they did it voluntarily to return the favor to us for what we'd done for them in our hometown of Memphis. And the next night we go to St. Louis. Of course, it wasn't on TV and everything. It had pay-per-view, been a different story. Next mm -hmm. night we go to St. Louis. Heard had found out that they switched the finish, and the team that was leaving put the team that was staying over. He got hot, and he had demanded that they win. <laughs> Motherfucker. So Hawk and Animal got together, and, and they had negotiated the deal for Paul also because he was part of the team. So they got together and said, all right, motherfucker, we will win, but we're not going to beat the Midnight Express. So they did a finish where even though me and Paul were just the managers out on the floor at ringside, they jerked me in and Paul pinned me because they refused. The Road Warriors, and I give them all the credit in the world, the Road Warriors refused to win a match for the only time in history. Wow. And but th th that's how fucking far off Heard was in his fucking head, and then they were so there. So we got El Higante, and lost the Road Warriors. So now we, 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 our, our, the talent that is over, he's denied the people Tully Blanchard. He's marginalized the fucking Horsemen. He's run off the Road Warriors, but we're getting El Higante and and JYD and things. Oh my God! Yeah, I I, I love JYD and and whatnot, but I'll, yeah, I'll take but El Higante, you know, El Higante as opposed to yeah, Joe yeah. Mike. Oh my God, please! Oh my God, no. do I really really want to see? Yeah, do I really want to see this? I mean, all El Higante to me was this big giant of a man wearing a muscle suit because that's just what he wore. He looked absurd. <laughs> he did nothing for me. Yeah. He did well, nothing for me he, but make me laugh. Right. 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 And uh, you know, and, I mean, no talent. And right. And as our and as our friend Gary Michael Capetta said, 
when he talked about uh, doing a bit where he interviewed him, the guy wasn't even answering the questions that Gary was posing to him, and Gary was posing them to him in perfect Spanish. Oh, wow. I mean... Oh, you know, I mean, I'm sorry. Um, Yo, Higante, who Higante was a giant goof. Well, let's, let's not. <laughs> no, when we say when we say Gigante. goof, it's not very. We're not being nice. We're not saying he's goofy or a goofball or silly or anything. Goof is a bad word here in Canada. Um, so you know. Let's not. Let's yeah. not make this yeah. about. We Elegante. don't. We don't mean let's it on that about... particular. But still. Yeah. Uh, okay. What do you want now? Because that, you know boy. they refused to do they refused to do the job to the Midnight Express on their way out, and that speaks volumes of the way that. Well, it speaks volumes of the way. That, no, uh, no, they no they wanted to no they wanted to do the they wanted to do the honors, but Jim Heard was saying no. So you know they that's, refused, so that's what they Corey was talking about. They, they flipped it. They flipped it. They did the honors right. on the first on the first match. And then heard got word of it, and he got and he got PO'd, and so at the same so then at the same time, that's why they did what they did the on the very last night, have uh, right. have Ellering pin Cornette. Right, they refused to not let, to not go out the right way. They refused to not not put the uh, Midnight Express over for everything that the Midnight had done with them. And it, yeah. that speaks volumes of the way that uh, Hawk and Animal were trained because kids these days don't do that. Oh, I'm going to the WWE. Right. Oh, you got to put me over. I'm going to the WWE. I can't put you over because you're going to be the talent here and the new face of the company. I can't put you over because I'm going to go to the WWE. No, mm. listen to that yeah. clip again, and you'll learn the way the business was is supposed to be. And you also learn uh, of how shitty business was in the year 1990. People don't realize the year oh. 1990 – was a very bad year for the wrestling business. Well, I said to my television to screen, point. you know what I was saying to my, my television screen every once in a while, man? I was like, what's this happy horse shit? <laughs> Honestly. I mean, uh, and Steve, what year do you think the business came back up from the 1990 crash? Because then you had the steroid trial, and that crash, you know, business came up a little bit, but crashed right back down mm-hmm. with that. Right, mm-hmm. right. I mean, I mean, honestly, um, because I because I I went through I went through both periods. I was I started out in the in the boom period of the nineties. We started to we started to drop off in the in the mid to late nineties. It wasn't until probably the mid two thousands before we started to get everything back. And yeah. I'll tell you how I I'll tell you how I can relate this, okay? Um, when I first when I first went when I first uh, was started training, I was with Windy City Wrestling. <clears throat> we were on Sports Channel Chicago, which all these years later, now after a series of buyouts and everything, is NBC Sports Chicago, but at that time, but we were on the net, we were on the channel that carried the White Sox, the Blackhawks and the Bulls. Right. By the time. And I mean, and we were doing, and we were doing three camera, three camera shoots 
for our TV and everything. By the time I left, we were on a local access cable station. Half the time, it was a one camera, a hard cam. I mean, we were in we were in worse shape TV-wise than what it was in the Dumont Arena in Chicago in the 1940s. And this and this was around wow. this was around 2000 when I left Windy City. Um, it was probably at least another five years or so before the business started to turn back around. Um, definitely. Okay. We are, we are right now. We are in a downturn Uh, on, on TV. We're not in a downturn on TV. A lot of people are watching wrestling. Okay. But that can't, but unfortunately right now that cannot translate into butts and seats because of a little thing called COVID-19. Mhm. And it's and it's and it's have and this is having a major effect on the, on the industry. Um we just still uh, uh obviously of course uh we we were we you know found out uh because the main event for um Dynamite Last night, last night had mm-hmm. to had to be changed because Lance Archer tested tested positive. Shoot. Um, yes, uh, and very unfortunately, um, no one hopefully, hopefully, however, um, he is slated to still have his title match with John Moxley on the anniversary edition of AEW Dynamite on October fourteenth. That is, if he can mm-hmm. indeed pass the COVID test without it coming back positive. Right, right. Um, you know, and and he's and he is not the, and he is not unfortunately the only one that uh, of the of the company that uh, that tested that tested positive. And that. Um, the. Uh, All right, Billy. You still have a echo, buddy. It's not that bad. Uh, it's bad enough. I can hear it. Well, um, I know he doesn't have the show running on a computer or anything. Let there him is talk. nothing yeah. running on my end. All I there we go. The He's phone. not echoing. I don't hear him. Right. Yeah, it is. I hear it. Uh, then it's you. Well, because I guess I better speak my piece before I get muted again. Okay. Unfortun- unfortunately, I did not discover the Road Warriors at an early age, but when I did, holy shit, did my fascination take off. It all started with me coming across, you know, one of those cheap rubber Jack Pacific figures. Remember the bendy ones that you used to be able to get in the old days? Uh-huh. It ha- happened to be a figure of animal, and I'm like, what is this guy supposed to be? And then years later, I bought the game SmackDown, Here Comes the Pain. I love my wrestling games, I'll admit that. And I had unlocked two wrestlers I'd never heard of, Hawk and Animal. And when I saw Animal, I was like, you, holy crap. (laughs) And then (laughs) 
you know, I liked their outfits. I was like, Jesus, these guys look badass. And then two of my friends, one of them sadly no longer with us anymore, started educating me on them. And from there, I started watching old YouTube videos, original lineup, team-ups with with Draws, a.k.a. Puke, Heidenreich, Ahmed, Ahmed Johnson for that one time, even Power Warrior. And I'm like, wow, these guys got around. And watching them fight in the ring, it was like the most insane thing I ever watched. I'd never seen anything so unfiltered, you know? They're like going all over the place, knocking the shit out of their opponents. And mm-hmm. from from what I've seen in interviews, I was like, wow, they're so badass in the <laughs> ring, yeah, in real life. They're so gentle and kind. They're really down to earth. Well, you heard you heard what B said the first time he saw them. He said, they're not doing that to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry well, I interrupted. I'm sorry. Don't no, it's do all that good, on it. Gross. What else I was sad when I looked it up. When I looked them up to find out more, I was sad to find out that Hawk was dead before I even learned about them. So I continued, you know, watching their old matches, and this is partly why. This is partly why Auntie Kate brings me on to the shows a lot because she knows I love to learn about you know the old time mm-hmm. wrestling. I mean, fine. how else do you? How else do you think I learned about guys like Antonio Roca and all them others, you know? And yeah. the, when I found out that animal died, you know, I will admit there was a sadness. And the first thing in my mind was, you're back together again, guys. Yeah. Yeah, I, they like just I said, gained, I, yeah. They just gained a hell of a tag team up there. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll have to pass them on to the memes that you'll love. I haven't posted anything about them. It's just too hard for me. But you know I'm going to write something good. So, yeah. But, yeah, this, they, I, yeah, like you, you know, I, I did I did get to watch them. But, but like you, I didn't know too much about them until I saw them because, well, Oh, yeah, I didn't have a satellite and didn't get to watch the Territory Days or anything else. Hmm. Yeah. So, but that's okay. But that's okay. Yeah, Joe, yeah, Billy, you know how special he was to me. I don't have to tell you. No, you don't. (laughs) Yeah, Joe meant the world to me. But, yeah, (laughs) the world is a little less funny. Yeah. The world is a little less funnier, and I'll tell you straight out, yesterday I'm sitting on the couch crying, of course, and I was thinking back, for some reason, to the days when I had my mohawk. And, yeah, I had a nice big mohawk. And and that's the first thing I said, you know what? I wish I still had my mohawk. And then I'm like, hey, I can go next door to the barbershop and get one right now if I want. No, I'm crying, and John doesn't need to know why I'm crying, so it's okay. <laughs> Yeah. Never knew you had a mohawk. Oh, I had a mohawk when between the ages of fifteen and almost eighteen. My sister used to shave it in. My sister was in cosmetology class, so I was I was her hair that she would practice on for hairdressing class. And I went to I went I went to school every day with a different hairstyle. So when I got my mohawk, she's just like Come here with me, man. They missed the spot, and she she shaved she shaved it in properly, 
And she goes, she goes, okay, let's put it down. She goes, okay, sit down. She took out the, she took out the scissors. I says, no, 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 no. And she goes, I know, I know, don't worry. And she goes, I'm going to cut it so when you wear it down, mom's not going to know. We're going to split it right down the center, and you can wear it in, in a low ponytail. She's not going to know. My mother never knew I had a mohawk. <laughs> but the church did. And I French braided it on Sundays. I French braided it right down the center on Sundays. My sister would. Yeah, my sister, like I said, my sister all, was my hairdresser. So my hair always looked good. <laughs> she was my Roxy, Roxy Aster, if you will. Yeah. Oh. Their hair was the best. I, I, I miss, I miss, I miss road, road, bleh, bleh. I miss the Road Warriors. But yeah, they're back together uh, playing really, in that big pay per view. What'd you say? Billy, I sent you a link to two videos that you can order. I believe they're VHSs. Uh, this is from the company here where I live, and these are the two matches that uh, Hawk and Animal had down here uh, from Best of RCW Part 1 and Part 3. Uh, part 3 features <clears throat> the first match of Road Warrior Hawk down here in April of 2002 against the Double M Magnificent Mike, as I called him, Mama's Boy Mike. <laughs> I will admit um, I like I was fascinated by their face paint. To me there was always something about wrestlers wearing masks or face paint in the ring, you know. Kind of had a mystique to it. Now, I will yeah. let you know on Bam. the best on the other one that I sent you is the tag match against them and the tag team that we were talking about earlier, Jimmy Jacobs and Cameron Cage. Uh, against the Road Warriors, but also on that tape, if you do end up buying it, I believe it's $15 plus shipping from Smartmark Video. Uh, cheap plug there to them. I won't ever do that again, but uh, you'll hear me do that now. Um, the other match that is on here is the first time meeting in Revolution Championship Wrestling, CM Punk versus Raven for the RCW Heavyweight Championship. And my God, uh, what a match that was. And the other thing that you're going to get if you order this tape, Billy, um, which this is, my God, I can't believe I'm speaking to this because I was speaking with somebody about this the other day. The historic Mad Dog Vachon interview where Mad Dog Vachon showed up. At an, Mad Dog oh, Vachon, yeah. Una's dad. Oh. Where he showed up him. at RCW unannounced. And um, delivered one hell of an interview. They gave him a live microphone, and for about 20 minutes, you heard about this guy talk about his career. And, and I mean, it was. I still have that autograph somewhere. It uh, one of the my one of my most prized possessions. Uh, Steve, did you ever get to meet Mad Dog? No, I I only saw him in action. Oh my God, it was it was an honor. I could. Gabe had to explain who he was, but when I went back and looked at footage, my God, you know, <laughs> so. Sorry, uh, I fanboyed for a minute. <laughs> it's okay. You know, we talked about that. We talked about tag team wrestling. If Mad Dog Vachon had been younger around the times that the Road Warriors would have been in with his partner, might have seen some really intense matches between Mad Dog Vachon and uh, his partner against Road Warriors, those would have been incredible matches. You talk about a fantasy booking match, my God. Did you imagine that, Steve? The Road Warriors against Mad Dog and uh, whoever he was tagging with, I forget. It's, it's, 
slipping my mind. That right would have been that would have been amazing. Oh. Well, I mean, you think, yeah. if you if you think yeah. about it, okay, the teams that if that if they could have that if they could have gotten the opportunities to work against, especially up here in the yeah. AWA, Bruiser and Crusher, the Blackjacks, um, Hans Schmidt and Baron von Rappi. I mean, oh my uh, god, uh, oh, I mean, those, you know, I mean. The Ada, if you want to, if you want a tag team, oh, area, the AWA was it. I mean, what AEW is now, the AWA was back in the seventies. Absolutely. So we're going to talk about AEW here in just a couple minutes. Want to give everybody a quick heads up? You have about five minutes to join us. Uh, to call in and join us for the after party. We're going to keep this ball rolling. We're going to talk about AEW and kind of some of the other things. The other person that has tested positive for COVID-19 from the AEW roster is somebody that Steve Kane and I really have our eye on. He's made in a very impressive two matches this week. His name is Ben Carter. Yeah. Oh, my God. When I heard that, it's, well, my, my, my heart just dropped. I'm like, Oh man, this this kid just signed, and boom, you know, all and now already he's uh, he's in two quarantine, and that it it is very sad. That know, this kid is very 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 talented. Uh, he had a very yeah. very good match with Lee Johnson on Dark, and his match on Late Night Dynamite with Scorpio Sky. I would rank. I, I'm sorry, I got to give that four and a half stars. That was some of the best, best stuff yeah, I've seen was, in a long that time. Yeah, that was that was an awesome match. Um, that was a hell of he a also match. was, yeah, it was, wasn't it? He was also just up here, and now I'm obviously really concerned because he was just up here um, for Warrior Wrestling. So oh, wow, yeah, now everybody, that. yeah, so so now everybody who was. Uh, Involved in uh, warrior wrestling in Chicago is going to have to is going to have to uh, go ahead and quarantine themselves for a couple of weeks just because that fucking virus. Yeah. Exactly. And exactly. I've been I've been watching uh, Warrior and Primetime. They've got some good stuff on there. I uh, sent you a link for another DVD that has both of those matches that I was telling you about, Billy. If you want it in DVD format, uh, there that is. Um, yeah. You know, thank you. Getting to getting Aww. to see these guys live was just—I mean, you got to remember, guys. I started when I was like 12 or 13, so getting to meet Hawk and Animal and guys like Sabu and Bam Bam Bigelow and Chris Candido and Ken oh. Anderson, Mister Kennedy, John Davari, ODB. Raven, you know, I mean, these are, these are guys that pass through my town and Steve will tell you, there's some that he worked with like Kamala and the honky tonk man and George <laughs> the animal steel and King Kong Bundy. I mean, well, never, I never worked. I never worked with, uh, with George Steele. I wish I had, but, uh, Bundy and I were, Bundy and I were good friends. Uh, we always had a, we always had a great, great time. Um, and, 
you know, and even Steve and I promoting getting to, you know, work with guys. Uh, Steve was not at the show I had with Steve Carino, but I believe, Steve, did you ever get to work with Carino outside of Yes, I worked that. Yeah, I worked that. I worked that show with Carino. I also uh, worked with him uh, up here with uh, um, uh, Nick Cortese's dad and uh, Dale Gagne. Did you work the uh, Chicago Power Series? I worked. Do you remember that? No. No, um, no, I, the first, I, what I did was I worked a show not too long after I had left Windy City. It was a, uh, I was, I was actually, I was actually working, um, already I was working with, uh, with, uh, Joe and Mike and, uh, Steve and Larry Gilgorovic with, uh, World Wrestling Zone. And, um, and so, uh, Nick, Cortese Buddha, his dad had set up had set up this event. Um it was I believe if I'm remembering right, it was at the Hyatt O'Hare. Um and we and we had and we had some and we had some of the I was a little nervous because we had some guys that were still Windy City guys that were coming in. Steve Boz was coming in to do that one. Um the main event was um uh, let's see here. Okay. Now I got to Now I got to I got to go. I got to go back a little bit because it was, it was Carino. Um, and let's see if I can get. Okay. Yeah. Let's see here. Um, cause, because, um, Because uh, he, well, um, it was I. It was Steve Carino and uh, Mark Jindrak. Oh, Jindrak O'Hare. Jindrak O'Hare. That's where you heard it from. Yeah, Sean. Yeah, Sean O'Hare was uh, was Mark Jindrak's yeah. partner in WCW. That, you know. Um, oh my God. See. But I, but, uh, but the but the main event was Carino against uh, against. Uh, Mark Chindrak. Oh, that was a that was a good that was a good match. That was a fun match to work. I uh I took I took a shot in the end and uh we did and we did a DQ which kept the belt on uh Carino. It was you know it was it was it was a good it was some good stuff. It was some good stuff. Well this Saturday night, Steve Kane will hopefully be joining me. We're doing an RWF deep dive into the first RWF show that I promoted in September, exactly 11 years ago on the same day, September 26, 2009. Uh, we'll be talking about some of the talent that unfortunately didn't make it. There was a tag team. I'm looking. I looked back over this this week, and I was like, man, there was a tag team I had booked that were uh, trained by Danny Davis and OVW called the Mobile Homers, and these guys. Wow, were these guys talented? We'll be talking mm-hmm. about them and another gentleman that came out of OVW that was supposed to be on this event by the name of Ben Outlaw, who I had forgotten about. Um, a lot of talented individuals. When I when I broke the news on MySpace, because it was MySpace back in 2009, uh, wasn't really versed into Facebook. Facebook came later, but um, I know some people had both back then. I, did, I believe I had a Facebook, but I wasn't using it because MySpace was the thing. Um, so we'll be talking about that right. this Saturday night, I believe, uh, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. We'll start that. Tomorrow night, Steve Kane will be live from the Dean's Den. Um, he'll have a yes. lot to discuss. But and, we've, 
Yes, we've got because we've already got our first two matchups for uh, Josh Barnett's Bloodsport, and oh, they're gonna be good ones. So right now, uh, let's talk a little bit more about uh, what's going on in the current situation in the world of wrestling. We uh, we have a pay per view coming up this weekend. It's Clash of Champions, and mm-hmm. uh, AEW yeah. is gearing up for their next pay-per-view. But before that, we have a big stop before the next AEW pay-per-view. No pun intended. uh, The next AEW pay-per-view, November 7th, the stop before that, October 14th, it's the one-year anniversary of AEW Dynamite on TNT, and there are some critics that didn't believe they would make it past six months that are eating their shit now. So... uh, (laughs) Love it. I bet. Love it. I bet. Serve it up cold. Uh, uh, let's start it off warm and with mushy. the 1,000-pound elephant in the room. Miro debuted last week on AEW. He made his in-ring debut last night. But the thing that everybody is on everybody's mind fresh from last night, Cody has returned. And he looks a uh-huh. hell of a lot different. Yeah, well, yeah. okay. I, I, I'm not, I'm not liking uh, Miro's blonde hair. I don't like him as blonde. But Cody with dark hair. Yeah, we've seen him with brown hair. We've never seen him with black hair, all dressed in black. I mean, chain running down the side of his leg of his pants. Oh my God, he looked incredible. Like, okay, I, I've never said this about Cody, but yum, diddy, yum, yum. Dark hair and blue eyes. <laughs> Dashing Cody. Uh, <laughs> um, this is yes. This is going to be some no interesting no stuff now, folks. We, we've got a lot of we've got a lot of stuff coming up. Um, like I said, with AEW, they've got the one year anniversary of Dynamite coming October fourteenth. Full Gear is November seventh. Um, that's you know people are They're like, also well, they're going to have the uh, Jericho the Jericho anniversary. Yes, the thirty year anniversary of Chris Jericho, October seventh. So we've got some big events going on with AEW. There's going to be some big television. The one name that was mentioned either on Dark or Late Night Dynamite or Dynamite last night, Pac. They they sent a shout-out mm-hmm. to Pac, which it makes me so thankful because Pac is so talented, and I know he, yeah. he, he would be, he could be, um, but at least we know that I he will be Gumbo. back when, when <laughs> he can be. Yeah. Okay. All right. People pot. need to know. That. Okay. Hold on. People need to know why I call Pac Dumbo again. Why? Because he's got big ears and he flies. <laughs> I remember. It's, I remember when he it's was. Not, it's not. It's not a mean thing, and I would. I, I can see me meeting him. Hey, Dumbo, and he'll just look at me. I go, "You got big ears and you flies, and I love them. I love Dumbo. Dumbo's cute, and so are you." And then he would become okay. the bastard that he really is at you. That's okay. That's okay. Come on, man. It's all good. Look how Rosemary treats me. I'd, I'd eat it up, and you know it. <laughs> I wish I could eat Rosemary. Um, Come to Toronto, you know, baby. Uh, She's here a lot. Pop, <laughs> Once Pop a year is, at least. Uh, very talented. So we've got uh, – Cody is back. We know that uh, the plan is for him to be getting another shot at the TNT Championship. He'll get his rematch clause. Um you know, we've got some other things going on in AEW, too, that we, that we need to talk about. I believe the match between Hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega is in is imminent at this point. It's going to be happening. 
sooner rather than later because what I see happening here in the next couple weeks is Kenny Omega is going to become jealous of Paige's winning streak and just snap, absolutely snap. We saw that he is, was on the verge of snapping before. When Kenny Omega snaps, um, look out. Mm. Because it's good. I can't it's, wait. It's, it's, I it's, can't it's, wait. You know how I feel about him. I love me some Kenny. Now, the other thing that we are going to see um, that, uh, unfortunately, poor Will Hobbs uh, got, you know, we'll talk about that here in a few minutes. You're going to have Darby Allen versus Ricky Starks. I would love to see this as a singles feud. These two will bring out the best in each other. This is this is good shit. Sorry, Vince, I got to steal your line, but this this. This right here, Ricky Stark versus Darby Allen, that's good shit. <laughs> oh God, yes. Oh God, yes. Uh, that is gonna. That's gonna. You know, if if Daly's place had a roof on it, this match would blow that off. So you've got that coming up. You're gonna have Brandy against Anna Jay. I don't want to see it. I, I'm sorry to say this. I am not a fan of Brandy. I was never a fan of Brandy to start with. Um, does she have her place as the manager? Yeah, she be a good manager. But my whole problem with AEW has been this from the get-go. We do not have somebody out there that is coming out here and calling the matches. We're all supposed to know that Tony Khan is in back calling all the shots. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with the Young Bucks if they're wrestling talents on television calling the shots. I don't agree with Omega calling the shots or Cody calling the shots. If you are wrestling, you are not booking. You are not the commissioner. You are not in charge. You need somebody as the figurehead of AEW that the fans know is that figurehead, and Brandy would be great in that role as long as they don't make her Stephanie McMahon 2.0. Well, don't get all quiet on me. I'm preaching now. Well, we were I, listening you. We were listening. Okay. What do you want me to do? Yeah. Oh, uh, Sean. What do you want me to do, Sean? Sean, a leprechaun went to school with nothing on all the way through your, your speech. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. um. Teacher said, "Oh, was it Sean? Sean, the leprechaun went to school with nothing on." Uh, teacher said, "I don't care. Run around your underwear or some crap. I can't remember." <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like something but, the yeah. dice man would say. No, that's um, from when I was you guys kid. Agree, that's a rhyme from when I was little. That? Do you think that? Oh, do, you, do you think that Brandy would be better served in a in a commissioner role? I could see her really being a bitch when she needed to be, but also being a compassionate, caring, baby-faced commissioner. It would be great for her. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I agree. You know, I'm 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 torn because you know the minute you the minute you put a Rhodes in. Okay, that then you then you pull an instant uh, instant heat away from a Dustin or a Cody. You know, then you know then it's like oh the families the families all the ones in charge and everything. You need if you're if you're going to do a commissioner role, okay, and I'm really against those. Um, when 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 Sean and I when Sean and I do shows, I I refuse to use the word commissioner. 
I I will I true. call myself I call myself the matchmaker. I I don't even like yeah, that no, because I, that that uh, and I'm gonna let me explain this real quick, Steve. I don't like the term matchmaker either because that is in, indicating to the fans that the matches are made and could be fixed. Yeah. The term that yeah. I like, the term that actually Ed Schumann gave me, which made the most sense that I've ever I've ever had, and I I've used it everywhere I've went since oh, then, was event, event coordinator. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, but that doesn't. But that doesn't. That, that, doesn't that can wear many sound, hats. But that can wear right. many hats. But see that. But see that. That doesn't sound right. It doesn't. It doesn't put enough of an authority position in there. Commissioner does. Matchmaker okay. also does. And okay, matchmaker much, was the term much, was, okay, was the man. term used in NWA for many many years. Like what? What do you want from us? You want us to call you the man that brings the va va boom? What? <laughs> I yo. And that brings the donuts. Steve, that's it. The, the man next that time brings, we yeah. have a show, I'm having you introduce this. The man that brings the va va boom, and I'll get it on video and send it's, it. No, to no, 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 no. It's above. <laughs> it's it's these, baby. Va 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 boom. It's very Zsa Zsa Gabor. Oh. <laughs> you don't even know who that is. Um, <laughs> darling. I know you know he doesn't. <laughs> ja, ja. Sean's too young. Sean's too young for any of this stuff. I mean, yeah. Sean, Sean's not only hey, too oh young God. for Ja Ja. He's too, he's too freaking young for Ava. And Charo. <laughs> right. Funny thing is, I know who all of them are. Well, you probably your so, your parents probably made you watch Green Acres and 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 Love Boat and Fantasy Island, just like mine did. My family educated yeah, me on a lot of shows. things. Educated. Yeah, or the or the Tonight Show, or the Tonight Show with Johnny yeah. Carson. Yeah, All I right. didn't really grow up watching uh, or, Carson. But anyways, more stuff with AEW that is going to be happening. Um, you've got little feuds that are breaking out all over the place. You are going to have um, probably more with Sunny Kiss and Joey Janela with uh, the tag team division. Um, there's some stuff that, that they right. can do with them. Um, I do now. I want to say this, and I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna say this with as much love as possible. I will stop watching Joey Janela and Sunny Kiss all together if they refer to themselves as the new Midnight Express. I don't agree with the, it. Shut that shit the, down. Shut that shit that down. But that doesn't mean now. you stop watching somebody. They don't name themselves. You know this. That doesn't mean that you boycott some of these matches. You still appreciate the talent that they are. You don't have to like them, and you tell me that all the time. I don't. And if you don't yeah. like them, they're doing and their I don't, job. And I don't know. And I don't know who's coming out with with the with the saying that that's going to be named. I've not heard that. Me neither. Um, Janella was. Kiss. And, and you know that Janella loves to poke fun at Corny, but there was something that Janella posted about that, and I was like, ah, that, no. no, And no, that was no. probably, and that was probably, that was probably a shot at Cornette, because Cornette said something about him, again. Well, that's true. Um, more than likely. So, you know, I just, um, I like Sunny Kiss, I like Joey Janella. They're doing some good stuff. They were on either Late Night Dynamite or last night. I, You know, there's been so much AEW that I've watched this week with all of it. Uh, you've had about four hours of AEW this week, where you normally have two or th- well, normally have about four. 
Um, so there was a lot of good stuff this week. Dynamite was dark was good. Dynamite had good stuff. Late night Dynamite had good stuff. You know that that match Ben Carter and and Scorpio Sky. I'm telling you this Ben Carter kid to me, and I explained this to my brother, and I asked I'm going to ask everybody's opinion on this. To me. Ben Carter is a Brian Kendrick meets Brian Danielson or Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan, if he did more flippy shit. I kind of see it. Steve, what do you think of Ben Carter? Oh, you know, I am, I am high on this kid. The first time I saw him, that first match with the, with Scorpio Sky, I'm like, they got to sign this kid. That was a, that was the first thing I said to you after them, after Dark was over. Was yeah. they got to sign this kid? There are not a lot of talents that have that natural <coughs> flow anymore. Um, this kid reminds me of when I discovered Kyle O'Reilly 11 years ago, because Kyle. 11 years ago, in 2009, nobody knew who Kyle O'Reilly was. Very few did. Um, He actually came to me. uh, He was going to come to the show either way, but it was a good thing that he came because 11 years ago, Dingo was supposed to wrestle, and Dingo dislocated his jaw at IWA Mid-South a couple nights prior. So um, Dingo did not make my first event. Dingo and I are longtime friends. I hold no resentment to him for that because I would not ask anybody to wrestle with a dislocated jaw. If you came to me and wanted to wrestle with a dislocated jaw, Mm -hmm. I'd ask them to take you out in a straight jacket Um, because that's just a different kind of crazy. So Kyle O'Reilly came in, and O'Reilly had a really good match. Ben Carter, you know, hey, that's a match I want to see at some point. And I know they're not in the same company right now, but down the line, somebody book Ben Carter versus Kyle O'Reilly, because that'll be good shit. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't know who O'Reilly was if it wasn't for Ring of Honor. And see, Ring of Honor, I want to get to that too tonight. Ring of Honor has been off uh, the radar for quite a while for wrestling fans with everything that's been going on because they haven't been as active but they have this new pure tournament that they're doing. And there's a lot of exciting stuff coming out of this ring of honor, pure tournament. And I'm going to pull up the tournament bracket now because, um, this look, this stuff is, uh, well, they reactivated the title and you've got block A and block B. Go ahead. The first match they list on block A, I'm already like, Oh, yeah, I want to see that one. Jay Lethal versus Dalton Dalton Castle. Oh! Nice. Yeah. Jay Lethal and and Dalton Castle? Oh, yeah. Two of the best. But we have seen them fight before. Well, this is going to be exciting stuff. Uh, Yeah, but it's it's going to be big now. Then you have David Finley... Against Rocky Romero. Oh, man. Fred Yehi versus Silas Young. Yehi. Oh, well. sweet. <laughs> Good old Silas. Um, 
Tracy Williams versus Russ Young. That's the end of Block B or Block A. Russ Taylor. Rust Taylor. Sorry. Russ Taylor. Sweet. Tracy Williams versus Russ Taylor. Uh, block B. Jonathan Gresham versus Wheeler Yuta. Mr. Jordan Grace. Uh, yes. oh, that's Mr. Jordan Grace. Jordan, John, Jonathan Gresham is yes. Wow. Um, Josh Woods versus Kenny King. Ooh. T.J. Black versus Tony Deppen, and I saved the best for last because, folks, this is Yay! a Ring of Honor classic oh, match. Oh God, yes. You would have seen this match in the year 2003, 2004 on the Independence, and it would have blown your mind then. And I hope that these two can still bring out the best of each other to make it something special in the year 2020. Ladies and gentlemen, it is the man only known as Delirious, one-on-one with Matt Seidel. Holy shit! Yeah! Oh. I'm salivating over that one. So you're alive, but I'm forming some drool, too. I'm fucking fanboying here. Like, it's all good, man. You can we're allowed to mark out every once in a while. It's cool. Oh yeah, I love oh, Delirious. Yeah. <laughs> well, Delirious mm-hmm. inside all. Oh my God, that's that's gonna that's gonna be a killer right there. I mean, that one and Jay Lethal versus Dalton Castle. Oh um, yeah. Those those oh, yeah. are two those are two show stealers right there. Oh, most definitely. Don't drink anything nope. while watching Delirious. That guy is funny as hell. <laughs> I don't know if I've oh, seen Delirious. him or not. Delirious um, has got one of the most interesting gimmicks that I've ever seen because there is – literally, I've watched Delirious <laughs> perform live quite a few times, and the man comes out and he's talking to himself, and then he will – Oh, um, like Rosemary. Rosemary. Uh, yeah. The man will go under the ring. Yeah. The, the man will, and and then I remember there was one show that I was at that had multiple deliriouses. You didn't know which one was the real delirious. So, oh. definitely um, a different kind of gimmick. I love it. I've I've been a big delirious fan since I first saw him. Didn't know what to think the first time I saw him. Thought you know what? what <laughs> oh my god. Um, but very talented, very, very talented. Um, this match with Seidel is going to be something special. This is how they're going to get wrestling fans that used to watch Ring of Honor watching this product again. And it's a move in the right direction for Ring of Honor. You've got a very interesting tournament that is going to make people want to see it. Um, Jim Cornette is praising it. There's a lot of people praising this tournament um, based on what's already out there that you can view of it. Um, if you have, I have not seen any of it yet, so please don't spoil it for me. I want to watch it. Um, we will talk about it at some point. Okay. This is very okay. interesting stuff um, coming from Ring of Honor, and it's, I'm glad to see that they are back. There's a lot of wrestling now that we're going into a fall season that is going to be reviving itself. Um, the NWA right now is working with United Wrestling Network and Dave Marquez. 
they have halted their production, but that does not mean I, I believe that Billy Corgan is going to be aiming at trying to do something uh, maybe in January or February in terms to getting uh, taping rolling again with the NWA and NWA power. So, well, funny, um, funny you mentioned that because I just because I just hit a story here. Um, a fan expressed disappointment as he felt that NWA power was gone forever due to the COVID-19 pandemic, putting it on hiatus. Nick Aldis was quick to make sure the fans knew this wasn't true. Sorry. Steve, whoever Steve is, let me be crystal clear. NWA power is not gone. Stay tuned. Oh, boy. So Well, there you have yeah. it. I mean, and folks, this is a, you've got so many brands out there if you're a wrestling fan. If you cannot find a product that suits your needs as a fan, you are not looking hard enough because there's plenty out there. Um, there's some events happening all over this weekend. Uh, you know, uh, if you have a chance to be able to attend an event, make sure that you're social distancing, wearing a mask, Sanitizing and washing those filthy hands no, of yours, all, the filthy no, animals. No, 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 all, all y'all, all y'all, staying the hell away from me. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, I, I will make my own plexiglass box to put over my head. I swear. I there swear. you go. See, there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, tomorrow night's go home edition of uh, SmackDown. Uh, Sami okay. Zayn, two two announced uh, matches. Sami Zayn against Jeff Hardy, Alexa Bliss against Lacey Evans. Um, and, of course, we know what happened last week when uh, Lacey uh, called uh, Alexa Fiend. She wound up going down to the sister Abigail. Um, and Roman Reigns will uh, have an interview segment about uh, about his title match with uh, Jey Uso. So those are, those are, the, those are matches mm-hmm. that... Uh, and one interview segment that have been announced for uh, tomorrow. And that, of course, is the final go-home show before um, Clash of Champions on Sunday. Yes. Clash of Champions Sunday. And um, we've got... uh, well, folks, uh, as long as uh, Japan will allow them to have it, we have another thing that is getting ready to happen here in just a couple months, and it will be interesting to see what they have under their sleeve for this. Uh, don't forget that Wrestle Kingdom, knock on wood, is still happening in January uh, from New yeah, Japan, and right. this will... Mm-hmm. This will be a very mm-hmm. big offering, and there's a lot of rumors and innuendo going around on what's going to happen with Wrestle Kingdom. There's uh, there's a big rumor that it's going to have a big NWA invasion this year. So we are we will break the news as it comes to us. But hopefully, Wrestle Kingdom is going to happen this year, and um, you know, yeah, don't we, talk to me about cancellations. We uh we we love Wrestle Kingdom. Over the years, it's been one of the best events to sit back and watch as a fan um, mm-hmm. around the uh, New Year's time. I know that Steve is okay. a big fan of it. Uh, go ahead. Okay. You want to talk about cancellations and about people not acting right? Okay. You guys want nice things? You want wrestling? You want everything else? Yeah. Toronto, you mother chuckers. They canceled the 117th anniversary 
aired across the world Santa Claus Day Parade. Okay. Oh. It's, it, 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 it's like it's like a couple of months, like two and a half months before Christmas, and and yeah. Yeah, we have like hundred old year old floats in that darn thing, and you guys suck. Act right, or else when we can't have, we can't have no Santa Claus, we ain't gonna be able to have no wrestling. So I'm telling you, we're gonna put you all on the island until until you learn your lesson. I'm telling you right now. That's uh, what I'm gonna. So, okay, that's my act right speech for the night. Right, right. Okay, well before before we call it a night, we have got to rip on retribution. Yeah. Or, Why? Should, or I'm should we or should we say the brothers of Bane? Hey, oh I know the members. I really. mean, I mean, I mean they looked like they had got I started dollars for Bane yeah. math. No, no, party store. They went to the party store. <laughs> I'm telling you. No, th- no, these were dollars for Bane party math. Store. The the, yeah. par- the party stores would have looked a little more realistic. Um, now remember, then, remember drugstores, drugstores. The names that they gave these guys. Okay. Oh, that was great. <laughs> Dio Madden is Mace. Yeah. Dominic Dijak, aka Dominic Dijakovic, is now T Bar. What the? Yeah. T Bar. And Shane Thorne is Slapjack. And CM, and CM Punk Punk trolled him on Twitter. Oh, okay. He he posted he posted up the picture of Thorne in in his mask with the with the caption when you're Which bored and catering it? and there's an abundance of paper plates. Oh God, yes. Oh my goodness. That looked like almost looked like a wannabe flattened out Jason mask. Like, what in the hell are you thinking of, man? Right, right. Yeah. Well, okay. Um, well, well, who who was the tall guy with the with the dark skin and and the braids? That's that's Which the old Madden. Me, honestly, I thought that was Damian Priest. No, huge. No, he's he's yeah. been. He has Damien's been part of it. Size, same color. He has been yeah. part of it. Yeah, I should have known. But yeah, he the, has been part of main, it. You have to remember main, tattoos. The main three guys <laughs> are Madden, Thorne, and Dijakovic. And then um, the women, uh, of course, uh, Mia Yim and uh, um, uh, Martinez. No. No, I saw I saw blue hair, man. That looked like Eel. No, that no, that, uh, was, that was that was that was Mia Yim. Thank you. And the name that they were thinking about putting on her, Shatter. Shatter? Yeah, yeah, she does like to talk. Shatter. She talk. No, oh, Shatter, not Shatter. Not shatter. No. shatter. <laughs> oh, like Shatter. Like Mick Jagger? Yeah. Shatter. Yeah, well. At first I thought we were going Hellraiser here. <laughs> you say Shatter, I think of marijuana products. So, yeah. <laughs> it's true. Well, it's like you know, uh, yeah. I mean, Mia Yim, and what and what then are they, if they call her Shatter? What are they going to call Mercedes Martinez? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, come on. We can already tell who everybody is. And well, you can. Well, at least you can. 
Like you, I can't. You put on a mask, or I mean, glasses now, or, or a beard now. I don't know who the person is. I mean, I okay? mean, and here's and here's the other thing, and here's more Vinnie Mac lack of logic. Okay, these guys <laughs> are coming in. They are illegally trespassing in a in a closed set. They are assaulting talent. They're destroying mm-hmm. WWE property, and what do they do with them? They give them contracts, even though they're already under contract. Yeah, and they bitch and said, "Well, you don't give us, you gave us contracts. And, you're doing nothing with us. That's where you're, that's and, where you're getting." And, and just, and just wait till you hear this. The going rumor now is that they are going to be the featured team. For Survivor Series. Oh, for fuck's sake! Awesome. Hey man. Hey man. Hey man. Don't don't. No, don't I'm knock, I'm don't with Sean that. on that. Look at that. No man, it made Taker. It could make them too. Hmm. Come on now. Didn't only make the gobbly gooker, you know. Oh I wasn't Lord. knocking it. Just saying what it almost sounded like. <laughs> yeah, I know. No, no. Uh, Sean and I are knocking it, and and it's well deserved. <laughs> The poor, oh, the poor Survivor Series has never been the same since oh, since they did, since they did that. Oh, but it I became mean, a, poor a wanted Chavo. attraction. At one night, at one time, when it was Thanksgiving night, uh, you know. Um, when yeah, it was, it was when it was thanks. Yeah. When, yeah. Yeah. What, right. Exactly. Yeah. What happened that, was if, if you watch if ones. you watch if you watch Stone Cold when he had Taker on, they were talking about it and they were showing pictures of, of this big egg and he had been showing pictures. He goes, "Oh my God, they're gonna they're gonna bring me out of the egg. They're gonna make me the egg man. They're gonna shave my head, dress me up as an egg. What am I gonna do?" Yeah. <laughs> you and know, and then Vince called him and said, "Can I put outfit." Yeah, and and what and the actual as the actual story goes, Vince called him up and says, "Is this the Undertaker?" And he he missed a beat and he goes, "Yes, yes sir, yes sir, this is the Undertaker." Thank God, no Eggman. We yeah. are the Eggman. Cuckoo, 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 cuckoo. <laughs> okay. I am the Walrus. Wow. Oh God. Ain't no oh, I know. No, I am the Eggman. They are the Eggman. I am the Walrus. All right, you know what? I think, I think, I think we're, I think we're in a natural closing point here, guys. Are not. So (laughs) tomorrow night, tomorrow night, Lee and I live in the den. We'll, uh, we'll be talk, we'll be talking some uh, blood sport. yeah, well, then you need to bring him here, and we'll talk and about sport with him here, And a few other things too. that are going on. Bring, bring your people to our people. Who's that? Bring your people to our people. <laughs> bring your well, people, your people here. Have to, your people have to, your ha- but your you are my have people. to, have to come here. No, 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 no. You are my people. That's what I mean. And Sean is my people. So bring your people to your people. Do you well, hear what I'm saying? Then, then you need to then you need to listen no. on at ten at ten nine central tomorrow night. Uh uh-uh. uh they can come here too. 
anytime <laughs> they want. And if they're listening to me, I'm telling you just now, and yes, I am sober, we want you mother chuckers on air with us too. We want you all. Just just like Canada uh, tries realize, to claim you as our own, you, realize, you can be you, our own too. You realize. Come on now. A. What do I realize? I'm on here with you right now. Yeah, so. B. <laughs> B. B. Live from the Dean's Den is on this network. Yeah, so. Yes, we're on. And? Yes, we're. Yes, we're on. Yes, we're. We're also syndicated to <clears throat> Mexico, India. We and know. God we're knows everywhere. where else. We're right. everywhere. Yes, I know. We are. But. So but that I means, can't listen to you. I can't listen you, to you this weekend. It is my anniversary weekend, and 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 also Darren's fifty-second birthday. You think? Uh, excuse me. I'm gonna. I'm trying to get some brown chicken, brown cow happening in my house. Okay. If you don't oh. mind. Happy anniversary to you, and happy birthday to D. Oh well. Oh, hold, hold on. Twenty-three years, and we don't. Here. We don't always want to kill each other. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is this is what this is what you want. She's faking it. She's faking it. No, no, that's fake. No, no, oh God, no. Oh, big finish. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Holy Hollywood. Yes. You know what? You know what? The noises that were coming out of the green room tonight were way better than that. I'm kidding. No, <laughs> I'm kidding. Like, oh my god. There was, there was this there was this one thing Darren and I used to go to every year and it was called the All About Sex Show and that's literally what it was. I mean you had porn stars there, you had toys, you had this, you had that, you had a strip club there as well and everything, right? And they had a fake orgasm contest. And Darren's I said, Darren, I I'll I'd win. I'd win because he says, No, man. You'd you'd probably uh probably have us followed home. <laughs> <laughs> No, like yeah, I've, 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 yeah, I'm not gonna do it, but yeah, I, yeah, I remember one guy said that. Okay, I'll give you a little story. One guy said he made me scream, and I just looked at him, and 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 I gave him verbatim my moans. I go, honey, I baked that up just like a cake. Cake, wasn't it sweet? Oh God. <laughs> so God yeah. God damn. Oh jeez. <laughs> Don't tell nobody nothing. Mm-mm. You don't know. Did I tell you it was a shop? <laughs> but anyways, yeah. Now it's starting to get weird, and this is this is usually, <laughs> this well, usually what happens. No, this is when the show gets weird. All right. All right. I think we. Uh, yeah, I think we are. I think we are at that time. So, Sean, yep. wrap us up so that I can so that I can get us out Sean? of here. <laughs> I don't know that I want I don't want to wrap it for you You wrap it your goddamn self <laughs> oh, I'm not wrapping <laughs> Oh yeah. You walked You walked into that You walked into that <laughs> Nana nana boo boo That's your own fault But I'm Right Yeah Alright Sean, hey, it was a good, it was a good night. Nobody yes. got whipped. 
<laughs> yes. All right, Sean, do, start, do the close. Just yeah, get us the fuck out of here. <laughs> All right. Well, I am Sadistic Sean David. We will see you tomorrow night live from the Dean's Den and Saturday night for the RWFD Live. And uh, I am going to say good night along with my co host. <laughs> Wayne. <laughs> what? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> He's the Dean of Wrestling. And I'm about to die on air. He's the Dean of Wrestling, Steve Kane. And I'm the reason why the show will never be a bag of dicks. And we're well, here get the to out of your mouth so you can breathe. And we're and we're here to <laughs> pump you up. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, chaotic Katie. All right, thanks for tuning in tonight, folks. It was a really good show, and we we do it for you. Without you, we're nothing. Absolutely sweet piss all. So yeah, you know what time it is, folks. You know what time it is. Time you get the hell out of here. Get out. Turn off the lights and take your glasses back to the bar. Good night, night for your number one listener. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.